Wait, is that random? How come? Wow, that is hilarious. Are these like locked into position? Whoa, is it listening? It's totally listening to us. Did you see that? It's totally listening to us. No. It's totally listening Stark, to us. Stark, did you do that on purpose? Huh. Dude, yeah, daddy is listening, man. That's so scary. How's my height? How's my height? I really don't care if, if, if they listen to me or not. Like, if you, my life is pretty boring. Like, to, if you're like a... You mean that, like they? Like, air, like yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Like, what am I saying? Like, they're going to be bored to death. The Fed? Yeah, like, if they're listening to me, like, what am I doing? I'm playing with my baby. I'm shorting cotton. The Fed is subscribed. I am not shorting cotton. <laughs> The Fed is Seems like a bold strategy, to, uh, Cotton. To all-star charts. Yo, did you see... Yo, yo. Ben did the funniest thing on the podcast this week. Did he? He did. He's, he's not like the funniest person. <laughs> is he, what, am I lying? <laughs> Jesse, watch this. Jesse, watch this. Uh, but how, how many uh, pieces of debt... I don't know why I said pieces of debt. Uh, but how many... I eat pieces, pieces of, of debt, debt like you for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Very confident in my assertion. Ben has Ben Ben every once in a while he has one of you those. You eat pieces of shit, right? <laughs> no, that was from Con- that was Kanye. Kanye. It's Kanye. No, goes, it's has Shooter McGavin. Fine, but then no, Kanye. No, 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 no. You eat pieces of shit. I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. It's like what? You eat pieces of shit. And oh, it's, it's he's in the, ripping off. Sh- what song is that? Uh, Josh Jesus knows. Wa- is that Jesus I think Walks? And Jesus Walks. There you go. See, I, know, I knew it first. Come I listened to Jesus. I listened to that album. Did you see the There's video? There's no way he was quoting Kanye. Though. I s- <laughs> no, he no, 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 no. Ben was definitely not quoting Kanye. <laughs> Did you funny. see the video of Kanye berating the executives from the Gap? Did you see that on on uh, anywhere online this week? Mm, Yo, what are you doing? Are you doing oh, business? This one? Are you doing business right now? We're podcasting. Guys, multitasking. Huh? Are, pi- are, are you doing business? Oh, now you know how it. Now you know how it feels. Now you know how it feels. No, I'm I'm, I'm singularly. I focused. saw you studying for your ACTs uh, during the last podcast. Listen, years this- ago, years ago, I walked into the New York Stock Exchange and I was walking around and I go to Jay Woods' booth and he's reading the Elliott Wave book, <laughs> studying for a test. This was a long time ago. With the market open. In the middle of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Jay Woods. Shout out to Jay. Uh, there's this video, uh, I think Kanye might have posted it. He's just, like, I guess Gap, sto- Gap Store's stock is now, like, $8, and it looks like it's going to zero. And he's, like, yelling at a group of, it looks like, Gap oh executives. Oh, my God. Yeah. What the fuck? Look at what it. happened? Look at this chart. That's only, like, the last year. The GPS? Yeah. What in the world? It's going in the wrong direction. Dude. Totally. Hey. What, in, what in the world? He makes unsellable clothing and tries to. No, but I, I've honestly. I have Kanye I, shoes. I like those are comfy. The shoes are great. Have I have have I not seen this chart? Look at this from twenty twenty straight up straight down. I tell this you, is- this, can I tell you what I think is going on? I think when he came up with the the Yeezys, he was like listening to people, mm-hmm. and so he worked with Adidas, and they've sold I don't know a trillion pairs of sneakers around the world. So he was like kind of listening to them, and they were able to interject and be like, no, it's not practical if they fly, uh, Mr. West. But he had so much success with that and became a multi-billionaire, and now he doesn't listen to anyone. So the gap it does not have the upper hand in the way that Adidas does. The gap, basically, it's Kanye. If Kanye doesn't work out, it's a, the whole company's worthless. Uh, it was that big of a bet. Yeah, dude. It's like Dre and M. Yeah. Right? But so he, so they gave him a ton of creative control because he's already made billions of dollars for Adidas. The problem is he's like reveling in like just this moment where he can say the craziest shit and people do it. So he's like, listen, I want to sell sweatshirts out of gigantic garbage bags. 
and I'm inspired by the homeless. And like, the, I mean, this is, I'm not even making this shit up. No, I know, I know. Is this plugged it's in? Hey, no, all right, nobody cares. Uh, is this plugged in? Yo, more importantly, is Raheem Mostert. What do you mean nobody cares? I is, feel like people care. Is Raheem Mostert draftable in like the seventh round? I haven't the foggiest idea. But aren't you a Dolphins are we, fan? Are we recording? Are we recording? I don't know. Who is recording? I, I mean, are the Dolphins going to be okay this year? The Dolphins are winning the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. Forget are you forget, kidding forget, me? Forget, forget I asked. If you want to come, it's in Arizona, yeah, I think. Forget I asked. Did you really forget guess? I asked. <laughs> you can come with me. Forget I asked. It's on me. Duncan, this isn't charging. <laughs> I know. I'm getting I need actual power. What did you think he was going to tell you? I mean, I just asked a question. Is Raheem Mostert draftable? Because I, I drafted him last night in the in the later round. It was a bit of a stretch, but it wasn't my team, so wait, wait, You do fantasy football? But no, it was, it was for my nephew. It was for my nephew. Yeah, it was sure. for my nephew. No, no, I, I'm in a league. I've been in my fantasy football league for 22 straight years. Mm. I only do one. You know my friend Matt? Yeah. Okay. He's in a fantasy football league, and his team is called the Killer's Dip. Killer's dip. I don't get it. No, of course not. Once upon a time, like a million years ago, they had a draft and a guy showed up and brought dip. And then that guy, they committed a crime or something. Like in my oh, I get it. Yeah, it's it's actually you know. Speaking of dip, I had, I had two good dips over the weekend, both from Trader Joe's. One a caramelized onion dip, excellent. The other a buffalo Wait, chicken. Is dip. that the kind of dip you were talking about? Yeah. That, yeah. Oh, okay. No. I think no, this, we, was we, bean, we, this was a bean dip. No, we though, do dips. My story. Right? We do dips. Like I thought layer. you meant tobacco. No, no, no. This is like north of the Mason-Dixon no. line. Nobody no, chews tobacco. Dip to it. North Carolinians means dip. To Jewish people, dip means, uh, you know, with the, with the uh, uh, pita chip or pretzel. Gotcha. That's better. Wait. You buy pre-made dips from Trader Joe's? My wife does. Mm. I'm telling you, the caramelized okay, onion right. and the buffalo chicken are both excellent. What are you dipping in it? Uh, I was dipping pretzels. I was dipping fingers. Oh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, hey, where the f- is this guy? Should one of you wear uh, the shirt? I'm not wearing that shirt. I got my I got my dope next shirt. Wear it. I don't have mine. I don't have mine here. I'm gonna wear it on Tuesday. Okay. I'll announce it tonight. Okay. And we'll wear it. Is it in the store? Yeah, I just added. it. Okay. Uh, all right. We'll make sure we get that up. We'll make, we'll make sure we get that up. How come you guys wear headphones? You have to wear, you have to wear, wear headphones. We're right in front of each other. No, no, no. You got to be able to hear no, yourself. No, because you, if you know if you're on the mic or not, it's for you, not for me. It's for me? Yeah, there, there you go. Also, I mean, you're always on mic, even if you're like... Also, every once in a while, I might do something like that. Even if JC's 10 feet away from the mic, he's on the mic. You know yeah. what we're eating for dinner tonight? We're eating at Danny Myers in the joint, right? Yeah. You, have you been yet? No. I haven't been yet. Where is it? It's Hell's Kitchen, right? It's like thir- west, far west 33rd. Um, Ciciamo. It's like the How do you spell ca- it? C-I space S-I-A-M-O. Mm. Dude, it's it's Danny Meyer. What more do you need, right? Do you know he has the restaurant at the top of one Vanderbilt Holy also? Holy shnikes. Duncan, I sent you yeah. the charts. It's going to be off the chain. Okay. Flip them all upside down. I went to Union Square I'll, Cafe. I'll, I'll be hungry because I'm ordering one of I'll, everything. Okay. okay. I will choose the wine. And JC is going to choose the wine. Whoa. Okay. This looks good. Sick, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have an obsession with Italian wine. I really have issues. What what kind of Italian wine do you do you have an obsession with all? Chateau yeah. Fibonacci. You know, from from I mean, obviously the Barolos and the Barbarescos and the Brunellos and like obviously. just classic everybody obviously. loves. You know, you know, in Italy, I ordered a Barolo because 
It was like one of the only Italian wines I could think of. The guy's like, what are you in the mood for? I'm like, I'm in the mood for like. <laughs> I will have the JC Aparato. Oh, oh, and it's like noon, it's like noon, hot as hell. Wait, the guy goes, wait, wait, the guy goes, shut up. I go, what do you mean? He goes, I'm gonna bring you wine. Don't, don't, don't make things up. Like literally <laughs> straight up like that. And uh, I guess he knew that I would laugh about it at a good sense of humor. Right. But yes, Italy was under a heat dome this summer. Always. It was 100 degrees every single day. And I'm ordering like the thickest sludge you could imagine. And the guy was just like, all right, you're an idiot. Hang on, I'll save you. Yeah, that's he's absolutely right. I have no idea what he brought, but it was not that. It was off the well, chain. it's a big wine. It's a big wine. You need like a big meal for that. It's got to be if it's cold, even better. Like if it's cold out, you know. But even like the the whites, like the whites, my dirty whites. You yeah. get a vernacha or like a vermentino. Like it's lovely. But also, it's a region. They, what is? Like if you're if you're a know nothing like me, and you arrive on the Amalfi Coast, they want to serve you something from the region. Sure. Like if you're like, what should I drink? Mm-hmm. They're not gonna. They're not gonna recommend something from somewhere Agreed. else. Agreed. And why? That's not what you want anyway. Right. So I don't know what's from the region. Of course. So so, so you have a good time. Where'd you go? We did Sorrento, uh, not Sorrento. Um, we did Capri. Yeah, what's that? We did Amalfi, and we did uh, yeah, like Positano. Nice. Yeah. I guess all that Amalfi Coast area. Yeah, we did like two nights in each. It was amazing. It was amazing. You went just you and Sprinkles. Yeah. John, I love that shirt. Thank you. You're I want to go back. I'm ready. Oh, I have something for you before we even get started. Oh, presents, kid. Well, this is going to be for the twins. Oh, snap. So. Have you seen this yet? No. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> hilarious. So I know you do really great merch at All Star Charts, but like we do some merch too. Shout out Giancarlo does the merch. Right. I have nothing to do with any of it. All right. Not bad, right? No. Nice. Thank you, JV. You got it. You show the cameras out. It's pretty sweet, what huh? Say. We heart small caps for those listening at we home. We love small caps. We, so we send those to whenever somebody that works here as a baby or a client has a baby, we get those out Can immediately. Put that on the back? Yep. Thank you. Appreciate that. JC, does this, does this candle excite you at all? Let's ask why. Um, a little bit. I know you like a one-minute candle. No, what it's is a that? daily. It's a daily. Daily spy? So what, yeah. just turn green? Yeah. All right. All right we'll take it. Got to start somewhere. I mean, we started months ago. So S- Marco, was, what was it down? 1% today at the lows? Maybe. Close, uh, close for, for, for you intraday. But no, I will say, hold on. The closest 50 minutes away. Let's not get carried away. Let's not get carried away. Why am I even looking at a daily chart right now? The calmer, day's not over. Calmer than you are. Calmer than you are. <laughs> All right, coming to three clap. That's two Lebowski references pre pre show. We love it. Love to see it. We're setting a new record. New Lebowski reference record. <laughs> Welcome to The Compound and Friends. All opinions expressed by me, Michael Batnick, and our castmates are solely our own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Ritholtz Wealth Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment decisions. Clients of Ritholtz Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Duncan, this uh, week, my little guy, or was it last week? Logan turned three years old. He got some checks, uh, and uh, I deposited them into his liftoff account. You know, and you know what? I, I also sprinkled a little bit of my top on top. I'm okay. his dad, right? I got him a birthday present. You didn't take a cut. I did not. Ooh. Not only did I not take a cut, I even sprinkled in some on top, on top of my regular scheduled monthly payments. He'll thank me later. So if you want to invest alongside Logan, alongside Kobe, alongside myself, 
Go to liftoffinvest.com. You can get access to one of our certified financial planners. If you've got questions, investment, planning, anything of the sort, we got you covered. Liftoffinvest.com. JC Peretz. JC Peretz in the house. Fan favorite. You know your fan favorite? I mean, they either love me or hate me, right? Dude, you, is, is, is it polarizing? Yeah. We do, we do shows with like somebody that has nothing to do with anything to do with you. And in the comments, like, where's JC? <laughs> no, people love you. They love you. All right. They love, if anyone doesn't like you, it has bad taste. Well, listen, I appreciate that. Thanks, guys. Shout out to the uh, Ritholtz Wealth Management YouTube channel followers. Yeah, right? let me just show you this. I forgot to show you this. So I've got a Discord channel for my Animal Spirits, guys. This dude, yes, it goes, yells in JC voice, quote, the charts are the charts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> people I'm telling you, you have a, it's, you have a, you have a following, and you have a following amongst our following, mm-hmm. because I think what you do when you come here is you don't equivocate, you don't hedge. He You're does like, what he does. This is what I think, and I could change my mind, but right now this is what it is, and this is what it's based on. A lot of people have opinions, but can't tell you what they're based on, and then a lot of people have like a half opinion, and they don't want to really give you the full opinion because they don't want to be held to it. So I think you do a really good job at that. Well, thank I, you. I think that's an accurate description of why people love you. I, I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, you know, I tell okay. it like it is. I mean, because you know why? Because I, I'm not going to tell you stories. Like, I'm not Mother Goose. Like, it's just a price. Like, we talk about only facts here, right? So, you know, you, it's hard to argue with me if all I'm talking is factual, right? <laughs> Am I wrong? It's hard to argue. Wait, hold on. It's hard to argue with I me. Because I only say the truth. Because I only right. say, no, because all I have is facts. That's it. It's facts only. <laughs> Am I wrong? Uh, no, you're not, you're actually not wrong. It would be very hard to argue with you because right. those are the facts. Uh, let me give you an intro. JC is the founder and CEO of AllStarCharts.com, which is a research platform dedicated to technical analysis across a spectrum of asset classes and geographies. How many charts do you look at on a weekly basis? Like you, five thousand. It's got to be right. Yeah, five thousand. Because you're doing every commodity, every market, every factor. Within the markets, you're doing individual stocks. You're doing rates and and like I mean, it's currencies, it's, intermarket. What are you looking? What at? happens? Do you ever whatever's get to, not liquid? I don't look at. Do you ever get to a point where you're just like, all right, half of this shit is not worth my time, or is it like I don't know which half? When you start going through charts, and I mean, I could draw most of them for you at this point. You know what to look for. So, like, if there are certain markets that I know are messy because they've been messy. Like, I'm not really going to spend too much time in there. I spend more time when things are like off. When like, hey, if this is happening and this is happening, this should be happening, but it's not. So, what's going on in there? And I'll dive deeper in there. So that's really where I spend most of my time when something doesn't add up. Is that an, what you would call an inflection or what, like, like a what divergence? You, a like divergence. A, yeah, you know, like. Just throw, making up an example, in 2018, uh, U.S. 10-year yield hit 3%, broke out above 3%, but then the copper-gold ratio was making lower highs. Regional banks were underperforming REITs. So in other words, the stock market and the commodities market were not confirming the bond market. So it was like something funky is going on here. As it turns out, the bond market was wrong. The commodities market and the stock market was right, and yields fell apart from there. So it's just like a classic example of the intermarket relationships not adding up, and that itself is the signal. So that will, when you're going through 5,000 charts, something like that will catch your eye, and then that'll force you to spend time on it. And there's like a million charts that are in the middle of the range Nothing's really going on yeah, with that. Another them. great example, this this summer, this spring, everything's falling apart. Everything's making new lows. Chinese internet bottomed in March. Mm. 
Chinese internet bottomed in March? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. That doesn't add up. Like, that doesn't make any sense at all. Like, if crypto's falling apart, growth stocks are falling apart, Kathy Wood's going to jail, like, all those things are happening. Why did Chinese internet bottom six months ago? You know, right. like, that's just something that doesn't add up. There's something there. There's something funky there. I think that's part of the reason why I think that we are in a bottoming process. The worst is behind us. And the risk for investors is not being long enough. I think the weight of the evidence points to that. Okay. So you, you think th- June was the bottom? I do. So you're you're now a contrarian. Am I? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Most people think, ah. Most people think there's a retest, at least. Well, I think- the, I think it's mixed. I think, I think mixed. They're, 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 we've already seen some retests, like in communications, for example, in social media. We've already seen those retests. Cruises. Um, and then you're going to have some, some sectors of the market that don't retest. You're going to have some indexes that retest, some don't. And then you're going to have some that come nowhere near it. And those would be areas that we are focused on showing relative strength, things like utilities, things like uh, energy, obviously, um, th- the areas that stay as far away from those lows as possible. Uh, do you, those might not be the best trades off the lows, but those are like the highest probability intermediate term trades. Well, you get the rotation, right? So off the lows, the worst, most beat up stuff is going to bounce the it's most. It's going to go up 20%. So the average stock on yeah, yeah. the NASDAQ bounced over 40%. The average stock on the NASDAQ. But they were the ones hit the hardest. They were down 70. Right. Yeah, so yeah. Did, did, did energy bounce that much? Of course not. Right. It didn't have that much to bounce. Right. Got it. Okay. All right. So you we're know gonna- what I think by the bottom? Not that anybody cares, but Snap. You sh- They had 20% layoffs yesterday. You showed me the, the news today. Yeah. Stock's up 7% today. Well, I'll tell you something else. And it's wow. bigger Wall, than- Wall Street likes layoffs. Hold on. Let me tell you something. It's it's bigger than uh, Snap. Um, it's, it's the fact that Snap- Social media as an industry group index, S-O-C-L. Communications as the worst sector of last year, the worst one this year, just the worst of the worst. Have you noticed that none of them are making new lows? Mm. None of them. So to quote shout out Luis Yamada, JC, they have to stop going down before they can start going up. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's a fact. Facts That's only. Fact. Shout out Luis Yamada. What's in that? What's in that in, not what, in Big Lebowski. What's in that sector? It's Facebook, Netflix. Oh, wait, look at Meta. You think this bottom holds? Because that, that Google's in communication. Does this bottom hold on Facebook? We have a risk reversal on Facebook, actually. So we are betting very aggressively that it is. So jo- I said to Josh the other day, I said this is a classic JC. If it does break down yeah. on a failed basis, well, it- we're we're already in. So. Uh. We, uh, we're, we're betting that, that it does hold the lows. We actually sold puts naked, took that money, bought it out of the money calls, going out to, I think, October. Check my, Sean is, uh, you know, helps us with the execution on the strikes and whatnot. If Facebook does hold, that's like, I feel like that's an important stock. But it's right there, though. It's right on the edge. It's bigger than, you're not thinking fourth dimensionally. Of course right? not. Back to the future, right? You like that? It's, this, it's that these are the worst ones, yeah. right? And the they're not making new lows. These are the worst, worst, what worst What if I names. said not yet? Fine. Yeah. So if the world is coming to an end, Kathy Wood's going to jail. All Why of these- we, Hold on. Whoa. What are we accusing Kathy Wood of? No one's accusing her of anything, but like the- uh, stop, let's, no. let's use a different, no, let's hold use on. A different metaphor. The Perma-American- it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, just a philosophy of perma-bears who think the world's going to come to an end. That's like part of their oh, that's, theory. Oh, well, that's, that's childish. No, I know, understand. Yeah, yeah. So I don't mean to pick on Kathy. I think the opposite. In fact, we're buying these stocks, right? So if, 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 the, the culprits are the ARC stocks, the Kathy Wood stocks. Those are the culprits. Those are the ones that peaked in February of last year, right? Those are the first ones yeah, yeah, yeah. that started going down. Chinese internet, the growth stocks, biotech, small cap growth, all of those peaked. All, you know, remember, everybody had a SPAC, right? That's February of 2021. So 
if those stocks, if, if the market's going to roll over, S&P 500 is going to crash, the world's coming to an end, all of those things that you hear, if that's going to happen, those are going to be the first ones to break down and make new lows. Like, so, you know, those are financials of 07. ARC right? just started buying NVIDIA. And of course, NVIDIA is down a quick 20% immediately. They're not mm -hmm. all moving the same, though. DocuSign and Zoom did, in fact, make new lows, like yep. just today. But a lot of them aren't. Square, for example... Uh, tell no, but NVIDIA AMD dra were dragging the socks down. I think the socks is going to violate the June low. No. Semis look I think I think semis are like extremely important to tech and to the to the cues. Yeah, but if wrong. interest rates are going up, semis are going to suck. Okay, so so that and tech. so that group making making a new low below the June low is only relevant to that group. New lows and new relative lows. So it's not just- Relative to what? Relative to the overall market. Yeah. So you have semiconductors underperforming, making new lows. That's That makes perfect sense in a rising rate environment. That's per, I, I, so, If that so wasn't happening, lose, that would be odd. So we could have those stocks in a downtrend. NVIDIA is a $400 billion market cap. Intel's a buck 20. We could have AMD's pretty big, not that big. But we can have those stocks crashing through the June lows- and still be intact on the NASDAQ overall? No, think? I don't think so. I think if those tough. are all collapsing and completing tops, it's going to make it tough. But I think they can continue to underperform. I mean, remember 2004, yeah. 05, 06? The market did great. Tech stocks were an afterthought. Interest yeah. rates were going up. We're in that kind of environment, I think. So I want to get to your charts right off the bat because this is like one of my favorite things that we do here, and I always learn so much. Um, do you have a particular order? Are these all set up? Just or can take them. Let's just go. Let's just f***ing go. Yeah. Yeah, I say let's f***ing go. All right. I like it. I like <laughs> it. Very confident in my assertion. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. Okay. Oh, is, is Ben here? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, you pressed the button? I'm like, yeah. wait, wait, what? Let's start from the beginning. Right, let's go. This is the NASDAQ composite and what average this Bullshit again. This is next the average. Chart. The average drawdown. Why do you on the hate next, next chart? Why do you hate this chart? Why do you hate Michael? this chart? This is JC's obsessed with February twenty one. Keep going. Keep I, going. I wouldn't say I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> he literally is. <laughs> he's leading with this joke. Well, he told you the market peaked in February twenty twenty one. I want you. You were not ready to hear that you at were the time. Right. This is this is like a year ago or more. <laughs> he's gonna show you this chart in ten years. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be an arrow. February of twenty twenty one. Oh my God, <laughs> JC's gonna show you this chart every year. Uh, what are we right. looking at? So the average stock on the Nasdaq fell forty three percent. Next chart. <laughs> no, no, no. Hold on. No, wait. Fine. That was a good chart. That was a good chart. Oh wow. This is this is Red Holt C, right? Yeah. Isn't this Red Holt yes, C? Yes, yes, yes. We like it. We like it. Yeah. We like see, the chart. See, I know my audience. So this is uh, we gotta we gotta describe for people that aren't looking okay. at this. This is the S and P five hundred with the ten month exponential. Why do you use average. the EMA instead of the SMA? It's a little quicker, okay. but the SMA is going to give you pretty much the same signals. Yeah. yeah, and it's a little more efficient when you look at the annualized returns and the volatility. The EMA is going to be a little better because it's a little quicker. So, so it doesn't make that big of a deal, but yeah. What are you telling us here? Well, I mean, this is like the old, this is the oldest trend following strategy ever, yeah. right? Like, I think it's hilarious that I get like, you know, I get, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut this down. I think it's hilarious that I get like, you know, people are like, oh, this is the JC indicators. Like, first of all, this has been existed since way before JC was born. This is, in my opinion, the the oldest trend-following system that I know of that exists. You take a 10-month moving average. The S&P 500 closes above it. You stay long, or you get long if you're not. I think, and Meb, I think like Meb Faber. He made it famous. Yeah. Yeah. Meb famous. Faber made this 07. famous in like 07. It sounds like yeah. Meb. And then it worked yeah. like a quote-unquote, had you followed it into 08, it you got avoided you everything. Yeah. Hey, hey some, we were talking about Supmire's chart the other day. He looked at the 200 week. Is that too long term? 
I mean, it is for me. Yeah. Like, how many years is that? Four it's, years? It's, it's a lot. I mean, it's, it's like a four-year cycle. It's yeah. not, I get it. He's like, we're in, he's, he used this to say we're in a cyclical bull within a secular bear and then used the 200 week. Yeah. We're above the 200 week. But below the 10 months. All right. So what does this tell you, JC? Well, listen, I don't I don't necessarily follow this to a T. I don't have a specific part of my portfolio that follows this. It's more of just like one more input. Um, and then in April, we closed below the 10-month mo exponential moving average. So, you know, in case you hadn't heard, you know, we're not in a bull market. We're not in an uptrend, whatever it is. Um, and that and that still hasn't changed. So it's not like my life's going to change and I'm going to flip the book long if, the, the you know, the, the, we close above the moving average. Like, that's not how I roll. It's it's just one of 5,000 charts. And Can I just say one thing at. for you? So you think the lowest, you happen to think the lowest. And however, I know that if you're wrong, you will change your mind. If the evidence shows that you're wrong, you'll change your mind. Obviously. Obviously. I actually a different yeah. No, but that's not obvious because yeah. a lot of people don't. Oh, that's their problem. <laughs> so so this is an exponential moving average, which, which means it's giving more weight to the more recent months. Yes. Yeah. Is it true that it's there's less likely to be a flattened 200-day uh, moving average using the EMA versus the SMA? Hmm, I don't know. I haven't done that math. It's not going to change that much. Hey, you know how because I know Because with an SMA, though, you could have – no trend. You could have a flat, but with the EMA, if you're overweighting more recent months, it, it's not. That's not that different. It would be it's, that it's, different. It's the bottom different. line is this: if you're going to use, oh, a, if you're going to use a moving average, a daily moving average, it should be a, an anchor VWAP, not a. But so, but so now we're negatively sloped. In addition to, uh, in addition to being below, because the above below game could get really stupid in a flat market. Yeah. Like oh, this month we're bullish, next month we're bearish because it's below. But below a falling 200 day. Uh, EMA to, to me like is more noteworthy. To what me, do you, what all do you this, think? this this just points to that if we believe that we are in a bottoming process, and I do believe that this is part of that process. Exactly what you were pointing out. Hey JC, I, you know I know we're not in a bull market. I was looking this morning. There are eighty stocks that are twenty percent below their two hundred day moving average in the S and P five hundred. There are only six stocks that are twenty percent above their two hundred day moving average. And yeah. it's like the most boring names in the world. Yeah, and accidental. Yeah, I mean, listen, 200 days, you know, it's not perfect, obviously. There's 252 well, days. Nothing is. Yeah, nothing is. But it gives you a pretty good idea as to what, because if if you're above a 200-day moving average, it's you're easier to make money. You're probably side. not in a downtrend, <laughs> right? It's probably easier yeah, to make money. It. Exactly right. Yeah. And if you're above a rising 200-day moving average, you're probably not in a downtrend. It's, you know, right? So, like, it just goes both ways. Um, and that's sort of how I think Yesterday about it. Yesterday was the 100th day for the market below the 200-day which is a longer stretch than anything other than like the financial crisis. Yeah. So this is like a way longer period of time below than COVID uh, lockdowns. Anything. Well, really, that was that was a quick one. We're even eight, the tra even the trade war. We're eighteen months into this one. Right. Okay. But so. But no, we're I'm, not. Yes. No, but we're not eighteen. We are. <laughs> but I'm saying the S and P being S and P being in a downtrend for more than a hundred days in and of itself to me is notable because that's enough time for psychology to shift. Josh, when did the S&P 500 peak? Um, I, know, I know JC's not an S&P Most guy. stocks <laughs> peaked in February of 2021. By the time Next the S&P 500 peaked, almost all of the components true, true, had already peaked. True, true, peaked Thanksgiving. True. But um, but anyway, that to me no, is- No, peaked in January. That to me is notable. What what Before we move to this Wait, next what's, chart. What's notable? Just the length of time yeah, to be spending beneath the 200-day is enough time for people's attitudes to- uh, and and now like the V-shaped thing, like nobody's even looking for it anymore, which probably means we're going to have one. But um, yeah. And, and again, to your point, 
I think it's even longer than that, right? The, so while yeah. the while you can, you're right, yeah, there are people that own stocks that have been going down. Dude, for the V is months. over. Right. The V is invalidated. It doesn't matter if you go to new highs. The V is over. Yeah, even if you go, it to, doesn't go matter. right to new highs yeah. right now, it wouldn't matter. Okay, what are we looking at? Oh, this is good. So we had 37 consecutive weeks where there were more stocks making new lows than new highs. And in bull markets, you see the exact opposite of that. <laughs> Again, the longest period since the right. GFC. This is a gr- this is a great chart. So we, I like your style. We went, we turned blue and actually- I love these sailboat charts. This is great. <laughs> we had, uh, shout out Willie Delwich and I like and that Grant. he made it on uh, Nick's colors. I, we appreciate this that. This is very good. Yep, yep. All right. So this is- Consecutive weeks with the New York Stock Exchange and NASDAQ. Where there's more new highs. More new, new lows. highs or new lows. More and, new lows and new highs. So we had 37 straight weeks. Of new of more lows than highs. Yeah. I mean, hey, wait a minute. Is that blue right there? Right. We turned slightly blue for two weeks and then turned back uh, back down So, but stupid week. question. Like, like obviously, if the, if the last example you could find of this is 09. And we're almost getting to that length of time. Well, we 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 stopped. We, we their streak this was blue. over. Yeah, we got okay. we, we, yeah. we got, we got two two blue weeks, and then we we rolled over again. That's called a winning streak. Well, so no, the, because look, you have these back to back. You got a little bit of blue in in when the hell even. Yeah, was but that? we could start a new streak that was, potentially. Uh, bottom. And if we do start a new streak, then you know, I don't it's probably going to be a pretty bad scenario. I don't, I don't that. think that's yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. I Next chart. I think we've had enough. Yeah. <laughs> So you had a 42% rally in the average stock in the NASDAQ off the lows. That's what this shows. That's pretty good. And, um, yep, and notice how all so of that started. Say that one more time. The average stock in the NASDAQ rallied 42% from the lows. Yep. That's good. It's a monster move. So it's just very classic of, you know, the initial thrust off the lows. We've it, seen it a million times. If that was a bear market rally, that would be the mother of all bear market rallies. That will really right. f- people. If we roll over and start making new ugly, lows, ugly. that will be the greatest bear market rally in time. history. Yeah, we've never had a 53. Like the uh, biggest head fake ever. Um, the biggest retracement that didn't continue higher ever. Bear market rallies should not be 50% your, of the remember, your, remember Urian's chart? Remember Urian's chart? We had never recaptured 50% of the decline and then rolled over to right. new lows. So can I just philosophically though, isn't this the wrong time to be predicting things that never happened, won't happen? Things, yeah, well, yeah. Everything is so unprecedented. Well, like, every, why wouldn't we have the mother of all well, let's remember, rallies? Every single day, something in the market happens that has never happened before yeah. or rarely happens. So yeah. let's just remember that. The, but what we want to do as investors is we want to weigh all of the evidence. It's not the 10-month moving average. It's not this. It's not tir- Timmers. Urine Timmers awesome, by the well, way. It's all of it. It's, it's weighing all of the evidence and trying to put the probabilities in your favor. Yeah. It's not about being right or wrong. It's like, okay, if this, 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 and this all point to that, and all we got on this side is that and this, like, which side do you want to well, take? Well, that's the art form of this is knowing how to weight each piece of evidence. Right. I, I eat pieces of evidence for breakfast. <laughs> Next chart. All right. <laughs> so, okay. We've got the setup. We've got some describe, of the most- Describe to the audience what we're looking hold at. Hold on one second. Let me, let, me, let, let me paint the picture. We've got, we're coming off some of the worst sentiment in history. True. Ever. Individual um, and retail uh, and uh, professional. Some of the worst sentiment in history, yep. right? We talked about the drawdown since February of 21. If you recall, everyone had a SPAC. Remember Michael? Right? So, Great. Are we stretched? Do I think the risk is to the upside in stock? Yes. What is the catalyst? All of these things are great to put things into context, to identify what type of market environment we're in. But then you have to figure out, okay, what's the catalyst? What's going to unwind this whole trade? And I think this is it. The dollar rolling over. The dollar peaking. I think it's it's not a it's not a, a want, it's a need. 
for risk assets to go higher. Stocks I and crypto don't understand how the dollar. I don't. I can understand how the the dollar stops rallying or even pulls back. I really don't understand how it unwinds. Well, it's the dollar versus the euro. That's the index. Right. Well, it's and more than that, which we'll look at the, in a minute. How big is the euro of the dollar index? 60%. It's big. Directionally, though. Well, the, but you could just- got to come up with a reason the euro is going to a dollar But hold 20. on. But there's a million ways to look at the dollar with the euro not in it. So Fair. Yeah. So it's not just the euro. The euro is a big percentage of the dollar index, right? To your point. But you could just X euro and you could you're going to get the same picture, by the way. For the most part. But let's take a And by the way, the British pounds are way are we even worse than euro. So that's another story. Um, but it's really the negative correlation between the United States dollar and stocks and crypto in general. And there's just let's just go back in time for a hot second. What happened after the Trump election, right? The, the dollar peaked and started to fall. And what happened in 2017? One of the greatest years in the history of the stock market, crypto summer. Remember that? Remember the, yeah. the holidays in 2017? Your drunk uncle asking you about Bitcoin yeah. and all that stuff. My high school buddies were texting me, JC, which cryptos should I be buying? Not if they should be buying cryptos. Yeah, which Specifically one? which ones? Yeah, I'll yeah, never yeah. forget it. By the way, Dallas making new highs today. Right. <sighs> so that's part of the no issue good. that we're describing. Not great. <laughs> Not great. So hold on. So the dollar gets slammed throughout 2017. Stocks and crypto do great. Early 2018, dollar bottoms. And what happens to stocks and crypto around the world? They stop going up, not just in the United States, but globally. And then a funny thing happened after COVID, the dollar peaked and stopped going up and started to collapse. And what happened when the dollar collapsed after March of 2020? It was the greatest 52-week period in the history of the stock market mm -hmm. ever. Like greatest period ever, ever. for the stock market NFT summer, Everything. DeFi, Justin, all this. Are you suggesting this is causal or just something that has happened? The fact of the matter is- Has coincided. In, in the spring of last year, right? Just as the 52-week highs list was peaking, yeah. the dollar stopped going down in the dollar bottom. These are facts. And the dollar has ripped ever since. Yeah. Facts, not opinions. And how have stocks done since February of 2021? They have not done very well at all. So if for me, you 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 can be in three different buckets. You could say, ah, this is bullshit. This is just coincidence. Okay, fine. You could say, oh, I'm not. I'm no, asking no. Hold you. on, hold on. You, you, not you, but the royal you. You, you can say <laughs> the royal you can say it's just coincidence. <laughs> this bullshit. Fine. You could say, okay, it's been a negative correlation, but now that's going to change. Okay, great. Or you could be in my camp and bet that the correlation is going to remain in place. Well, you can see though, that it's possible for the correlation to just go away. Correct. And now, they won't tell you when it's going to happen. Is that the bet that you want to make, though, is my point? No, I'll tell you the bet I want to make. The shit show in Europe is going to be way worse than the great financial crisis for Europe. And it's tough to imagine a scenario where the dollar falls apart during what I think is coming. Okay. So let's uh, take Europe out of the equation. Uh, you don't think that's consensus? Sure. You don't think markets are pricing any it of that It could be in? consensus and still be true. Yeah. No, it's very much priced in. It's very much priced in. Listen, it, that's where it's being priced in, in that dollar-euro pair. Right. So 100%, I'm not, a, I'm not like a, a visionary to tell you that uh, energy prices in Germany are up 16-fold. You can't survive that. You're an economy cannot survive that. So unless there's a solution, and there isn't, I just don't understand how – you could you could have a scenario where the dollar gets completely wiped out versus the euro. So that's that pair. So it's consensus, but directionally, it really is not showing any indication of stopping. So that would be a big concern then. Hey, I like this one. I didn't even know that's that emerging market. Good point, Josh. Sorry. Stop, step on that. So that may or may not be true. 
the fact of the shit show in Europe is is being priced into the currencies. That might be true. It might be not be. But when you take the euro completely out of the equation and you look at emerging market currencies, they peaked at the exact same time that the euro peaked. And yeah. I don't know if they're having the same electricity 16 times fold. Okay, they are. great. So it, the bottom line is great. every single time <laughs> that emerging market currencies have gone down here, they've rallied. This is a great chart. And I didn't every know single CEW time was a thing. When emerging markets currencies are rallying. What's in this basket? CEW. Brazil, right. India, Russia, right? The big ones. So there's a push-pull in, in, in there um, that doesn't conform well to the story about Europe and, uh, and electricity shortages. The push-pull is half the countries. What the fuck? The, sorry, the Cavs got Donovan Mitchell? Really? No way. Stop. I swear, Woj just tweeted this. Wow. Holy shit. That's a bummer. I wanted him. Wait, what did they have to do for that? You know what? I don't even care. I didn't want to trade. Dude, they gave the all their picks for a decade. Uh, Sexton. Oh, they, yeah, but him and Mobley, that's gave, good. Him and Mobley's nice. They just gave picks up? Probably, they, uh, they gave up a lot, probably. Yeah, Sexton and Four or five, seven. number one, something wow. crazy. Probably mm. more than whatever KD got. All right. We won't know if that's good or bad for like probably two years. Are Knicks fans still Cavs fans, or is that over? What are you talking about? Remember back in the day, Knicks fans were Cavs fans because LeBron no, was there? Stop. They, 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 they could not be further from the truth. It could not be further from the truth. This guy. We hated LeBron. The Did New we York City this Cavaliers again? or something? They, no, it just stopped. Back to back to charts. I can't even believe this. <laughs> I'm friends with a lot of Knicks fans. Nobody says that. <laughs> Wait, what did he? I wasn't even listening. What did you just say? <laughs> the New York City Cavaliers of Cleveland or something like that they the used to Knicks call them? were rooting for <laughs> The Knicks were rooting for LeBron or for Cleveland? Pre him going to Miami. All right, get out of here. Yes. It's enough. This is back in the day. Come no, on. We, wanted, we wanted LeBron, obviously. Obviously. I, oh, I know. Me and Josh were together that day. JC and, <laughs> JC and I went out that night for the decision. And it's a blackout to we, me. We were pre-gaming for the decision. and Because after the decision was announced, I don't remember anything all I, of a sudden. I dropped on my knees and I was so happy. I was literally like Man. praying, like doing yoga. I'm telling you. It was amazing. All right. Anyway. So, so, so I guess the point is I, it's not as clean a story for me. I know you don't care about the story. You care about the price. But like – No, he's saying all the story is in the price. Am uh, I right? Yeah. I mean you can't argue with the price. Am I wrong? Right? I'm not going to Well, you have energy you. inside of emerging markets. You have both energy producers and energy consumers, the different economies that make up that basket. Oh, we'll get there. So it's not as clean of a story. Three unprotected first-round picks and two pick swaps. That's it? No players? That can't be it. That as part of the true. deal. As part of the deal. Yeah. there's some Three unprotected first-round picks? Not right. bad. Yeah. Figured something like that. All right. All right. That's fine. I've already made my peace with it. We'll keep our picks. Okay. Next year will be a good draft. The year after will be a good draft. Right. Yeah, yeah, but we're like in no man's land. We yeah, want, we'll miss we the play. We'll, we'll miss the playoffs. We want a good draft pick. We're like we're like middle know, of the pack. Dude, I know. We're like we're like the tenth best team, eleventh best team. It's we like suck. the worst. It's like literally the worst. We suck. We're not even good at sucking. We're not even. Yeah, we're gonna make the the the, the, pl the play in tournament. We suck. We're gonna be on the bubble. We suck again. You know, Major League Two. We suck again. I know it well. <sighs> All right, what do we got next? Um, I'm a Heat fan, so I don't know what you guys are talking about. All right. Um, so this is this is really a really interesting one. I actually texted to you guys the other day. We, we, we used like, it. I like. Oh, did we you? used it. Yeah, we yeah. Like this. this is great. So I mean, I've studied these markets a million times. Like I said, I could probably draw them for you. You had the greatest 52 week period in the history of the stock market off of the 2020 so that's lows, March 2020 through February 21. Yeah. Okay. Biggest and, ripper ever. And you now know, year two is on this show. 
Yeah. Here, we talked about like year twos were messy. Remember we talked about all that? That's exactly what happened. Well, you know, talk about a hot mess that we've been in for quite some time. So is this a, so this is like a composite, you're getting this from like a composite of- This is the current market. This is the current, but yep. I'm saying like that's a, that's a pattern that- Well, look at it now. Yeah, okay. 100%. So that's this year. So the question is year three, as we're going to look at now, historically does well after that year two digestion. I think Michael, when we actually were talking about year two, is Michael was like, that makes sense to me. You have a big move and then it consolidates. Like that tons makes of, logical sense. Tons of sense. Right? So if you want to go to when the next does year three, like when does the meter start for year three? Right. It's a good question. Like it's not like an exact date. It's not exactly not. 52 weeks. It's kind of like a range. Watch as you'll see now. Go to the next chart. And this shows a bunch. So you can go back to the early 20s, right before all the roaring 20s started. Go back to the early 30s. Go back to 1982 when JC was born. Same exact thing. Strength off the, the first initial thrust. Consolidation in year two. And then in year three, we really get going. Saw the same thing after the tech bubble. Saw the same thing in 09. Saw the same thing. Uh, and we're seeing in some of those very In some of those years, though, the consolidation gets uglier than in others. Sure. Yeah. Right. You know, this one looks maybe like the early 80s, right? Maybe it looks like the early 20s. You know, the, the one in 03 through 05, like, looked stronger. The one in 2009 maybe looked stronger. Um, but they all kind of have their own sort of symmetry, don't they? Uh, you've probably looked at this, but I'm just curious. What does the leadership change look like between year one and year three? You know, I, I think that you're going to get you, – you need rotation by definition. So I think – off of the lows, you're going to get the bounce from the biggest losers, right? right? Which and we then, saw. and then the rotation comes in where right. the ones that were prior, you know, previously showing relative strength, they kick back into gear, right? They were doing fine; they just weren't outperforming like the ones off the lows. This is and they kick chart. into high this gear. This is great. This, this is, is great. Stuff. This is a really uh, right. This is like a really great tool, teaching tool for people that haven't experienced these markets, but just for them to like feel better about what's at, going on. We're now. looking at six different charts of the Dow. Showing year one of the bull market, year two, then boom, three the breakout. I like it. Yeah, I like this a lot. So it's not going to work this time, but I like it. Yeah, zero <laughs> chance it happens this time. Right? But that, that's not really the point, right? Know, this is one of those charts that helps put everything into context, yeah. right? And you can put the next one, and then we'll dive into, you know, we talked about the catalyst. Um, without the dollar falling, like I said, I don't think it's possible. Right, so this is the S&P 500 four-year election cycle. Terranova was on the show two weeks ago. He's really into this also. Yeah. So he had the stats, you have the charts. Yep. So this will, you know, generally speaking, you know, we'll include um, the every year since 1950. We'll include all of the four-year cycles. So last year, it was all of the post-election years. This year, it's all the midterm years. Um, next year will be the pre-election years. And when you look at the four-year cycle, and this also includes the decennial cycle. So when you include the four-year cycle, the time to be buying is in the summer of the midterm years. Which is now. Which is this summer. By yeah. the way, this the midterm, it does make a lot of sense just intuitively that the midterm cycle stinks. And but also that there's this liftoff with the finality of the election, or we used to have final results with elections. God knows what the hell goes on this time. Right. But it makes sense that since 1950, the third year in the election cycle is the best because the guy in the the guy in the White House has another couple of years of runway, but odds are whatever happened in the midterms went against him. Um, so you have a little bit of that gridlock and less, as a result, less policy uncertainty. And like, I'm sure there's other things that go into it in every cycle that we could pick out, but just in broad strokes, even if you don't like who won the election, you probably do like the fact that it's over and done with yeah. and you're not thinking about it every day. I could see so, that. 
Uh, like that, like this is one of those composites where this is, what is it, 70 years of history? Mm-hmm. And then it also aligns really well with just what we know about human nature. Yeah. Even if you hate the outcome, you like the certainty better than the uncertainty. So, I mean, just even, you know, the four-year cycle, most certainly, but even throughout the year, I mean, what do we do throughout the year? Uh, in different times of the year, we dress differently. We go to different places. We hang out with different people throughout different times of the year. Right. If you think that, that, that those changes in your life, those major changes in your life throughout the year don't impact your decision-making in the stock market, I think it's foolish. That's a really, that's a really good point. Um, the thing is, though, that not everybody's experiencing the same thing at the same time. Well, right. So it's an average. It's a mean, right? It's sort of like a general theme. So you're right. Didn't somebody? Didn't somebody do Mike? Didn't somebody do a thing about the rain, and and uh, up days in the market or down days? You remember that? I remember like butter in Bangladesh. No, that, I mean that's obviously the nonsense thing. But somebody did something like that. Um, I gotta go, I gotta find that. Um, but yeah, yes, that's the kind of thing that does make intuitive sense to me. Uh, where are we going next? All right. So now, okay, fine. Great. So we set the stage. So seasonally, it's a great time to be buying stocks, you know, washout levels from a breath and, uh, and, and just a, a decline standpoint, just all washout levels. So great. Now, just because all of those things have happened, doesn't mean the market's going to go up. So we want to be like, okay, like you guys were asking me if the data suggests that that theory is wrong, you're going to change your mind. Well, yeah, obviously. So the question is what, kind of data needs to show up or one of what what are the, the things that we would need to see to that would suggest that that bullish thesis like what is would correct. give you comp- confidence yeah that that's just wrong yeah and i think this is a great chart this might be the best chart of the whole deck in my opinion you're looking at the financials retesting the peak from the great financial crisis highs. So in other words, last time we were here, Bear Stearns still existed. Lehman Brothers still existed. Merrill Lynch. This was the high in financials before the great financial crisis. So arguably, arguably one of the most important prices of all time was the pre-great financial crisis high in financials. Am I wrong? Can I pause you? Well, I know what Mike's going to say. 13 years, bullshit. The market doesn't have that much memory. What I would say that's maybe a little bit of nuance is it's all different stocks. Like the financials in 07 is not the same stocks as the the financials now is like BlackRock. It's not Citibank. It's like, Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah. But, but so it, wh- I guess I, I agree that those prices are important, but I would also say like, but why? At the, indi- any- at the index level, I think the prices are more important for the stocks than for the index because the index has gone in financials specifically. There are companies that were important in the XLF that died that city. Yeah. I mean, well, city did like so, so much dilution that it's tiny. It's like a living dead. It yeah. It's like a Walking yeah. Dead. Yeah. No, but you had companies in the XLF like Wachovia and Washington Mutual and AIG, and they just, they're not, they're either a shell of their former self or they're gone. The guy with the tan. That's right. What's the name? Uh, Angelo Mazzillo. Countrywide. Countrywide. Uh, but the, the, <laughs> the companies that are big index weights in the financials now are not, not all the same. In fact, most of them are not the same. Yeah. So that, to me, that would be like, well, what the hell does one thing have to do with another? Right. Talk me out of it. Yeah, well, I'm not really necessarily interested in any of those things. I'm interested in the fact that every time financials got to these levels, they sold off, regardless yeah. of what was inside the index. Okay. So it's more from an in, the components. Obviously, these are facts. You can't argue that the components uh, haven't changed, right? But every time we got up there, prices sold off, right? Mm. So that is demand absorbing overhead supply. Like, it wasn't a coincidence. D- despite the fact that the, they're much different components, 
when we got to those 2007 highs back in 2018, financials stopped going up. Yeah. And then we got right back there right before COVID and financials stopped going up. We were about to break through there too. We did for a hot second yeah. and European banks did too. And then we failed quickly and then the rest fell apart. And then we broke out last year and now we're back to the scene of the crime. And you can make the same exact comparison to- What is that level for the XL? Uh, 31, 30, 31. 30, 31. So, okay. So I, I'd buy that just because of like, look how much activity takes place around that level just in the last few years. Mm -hmm. I don't even need the 07. So I, like I see it even recently. Yeah. But you're saying like that this level takes on an even added uh, layer of importance no because question. of historically. Okay. No question. I'd buy that. Why are you showing it to me with the home construction index fund right below it, it looks, the ITB? Because it looks exactly the same, yep. number one. Number two, isn't it hilarious that the home construction index fund peaked the month it launched in uh, 2006? Yes. <laughs> Very well-timed. Hilarious. Um, so anyway, so we got back there in 2018, just like financials did. Oh, that's inception for, for the yeah. ITB? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike, you see this? <laughs> yeah, it launched right before the, right before the peak. Yep. Perfect. And by the way, the other one did too. XHB launched within like two weeks of this one. It also obviously peaked at the same time. Um, so anyway, pre-COVID highs, same exact level. We broke out of there last year. And here we are retesting the peak in the indexes of home construction before housing completely fell apart. Equally as important, I would argue, as financials in that cycle, right? Okay. So do these two things uh, typically do the same thing? I mean, they're Home not builders and banks are not, you know, they're, they're, they're all the, sensitive. They're consumer discretionaries, financials. They, they're going to move with the market. They're not going to move with staples. They're not going to move with youths, okay. you know, okay. energy. I'd buy that. Yeah. I think they're both rate sensitive. Yeah. I think they're both economically cyclical. Sure. Okay. I'd buy that. Yep. And so, they look exactly the same. So gun to your head right now, as long as both of these are above support and holding, then you have to be optimistic that they'll rally. The world is not coming to an end if these two indexes are above their prior cycle highs from back in 07. Okay, I would buy that. I the world that. is only going to be ending if these are below. And then, and then, like, it's over. Then anything can happen. I have no idea. But if we're above that, the world's not ending. Okay. Cut to, like, people in the streets eating each other's faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Zombies and stuff. Yeah, All yeah, right. yeah. I'm feeling better already. All right. Next. Next chart. What a shit show. What a shit show, dude. Honestly, blow your brains out. <laughs> wow. Wow. I mean. Wow. If you're a fucking gold bug after this after this year, I don't even know. We're what. looking at gold and silver miners relative to the S&P 500. Shit. Both new all-time lows. Wow. All-time? Like all-time? Well, the ETFs, the gold, G wait, GDX the is like 15 years old and or 16 and silver is like 12. Who owns do, who? do the gold miners look worse than gold or better? Newmont Mining is like the blue chip gold that stock. Just, that made a 52-week high like- it, yeah, the Recently. market got cut in half in like three months. Hang on, cut time in half in three months now. <laughs> How this cut is this half. is very impressive. I was just thinking, like, who the hell is allocating to silver miners? Like, who wants? Who's the audience for SIL? It's, it's a beta. A, it's a beta trade. It has seven hundred fifty million dollars in assets. That's impressive because it, it's part of it's part of some people's like asset allocation. Silver How they miners. Get it's how they get their oh silver miners. Silver miners. Silver S miners. SIL, not GDX. Yeah. You got to be some kind of a Canadian to be buying that thing. So I yeah. can't, right? GDX. I mean, they that's do, like, the Canadians do. Obviously, you're gonna, you know, like in California, GDX, they're gonna buy more tech stocks. Bro, New so, Yorkers buy more bank stocks. Right. GDX is a state. More energy stocks are bro, bought by so, Texans. So silver silver miners are silver miners are like the tech stocks of Canada. <laughs> they fucking love this shit. Believe me, I've been to the Yo, live events. All right, wait, so, wait, hold on, hang on. I gotta say something. Newmont Mining made a made an uh, all time high in. <laughs> For a second. 
in April. Yeah. And then got cut in half. Of this year. And they got cut in half in three months. Can you imagine? Look at this, look at this piece of junk. I'm familiar. Can, can you imagine? Josh, like, look at this. Can you imagine your whole way of life is like built around this idea that like fiat dollars are the problem and only gold and silver will save us fiat from inflation? Fiat dollars are the only things going up. Dude, the dollar can't <laughs> stop going up. Inflation can't stop going up. And anything gold or silver is going to zero. It's really, it's really impressive no, it's how long you could be. No, it's interesting. These aren't even like really directionally. Newmont and Gold and GLD look nothing alike. I wouldn't say they look nothing alike. Newmont's I great. Newmont's great. You got a commodity that's falling plus all the costs of running a public company. <laughs> well, and, la and labor disputes in, in, in foreign lands. What can go what, wrong? How, what's not to love? By the way, so for, with that being said, I know we've just completely abused the entire gold bug community. No, it's and, great. No, fine. Yeah, I don't give a shit. It's, it's working. Yeah, yeah. My point is, if the dollar hypothetically were to begin to fall, couldn't it be a kumbaya moment between the gold bugs, the stock market permabulls, and the crypto crazies? Like, everybody wins? How does everyone win? The dollar falls. The dollar falls. How is that good for gold? It's, it's not bad for gold. It's not bad for gold. It's not bad for gold. Stocks, I think, will go up very much so if the so dollar then, falls. So then gold is a, not an inflation hedge But here's at all. what I'll, but I'll, I'll let's, well, that's let's awesome. finish this, the thought, right? So let's just say that does happen. Dollar falls apart. Like I said, it's not bad for gold. But if you know that the dollar is going to fall apart and you could pick any way to express that thesis in the market, is buying gold the way you're going to do it? No. Right. S&P. Right. Like you've shown us right. very clearly. Merge That's market. how I look at it. CEW. So we could be in a scenario where gold, where like us abusing the gold miners right now, like that is the bottom. That that might just be the case. But I think in that environment, stocks are outperforming. Is there any like if you were to look at pull? By back the way, the chart, we're not abusing the gold miners. No. The the the, 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 the market. Is. They're masochists. They're reality masochists. is it's not yeah. us. They're, they're nihilists. It's at new all time lows. That's My three. point is, dude. It's three. Oh, man, I think we're at like six. Let's get this off the screen before it's. Before it infects everything. Okay, this is this is fascinating to me. So the central banks in Europe have been awoken. And if you look at German yields in like the last two weeks, it's like extraordinary what's going on. And I never thought they would do it, but they like have no choice but to do it. <laughs> I remember joking a couple of years ago or last year that German yields had resistance at zero. Yeah. Remember that? How yeah. funny that was? Yeah. Well- not anymore. Not anymore. All right. Now so support at one. <laughs> walk us through. Walk us through what's going on here. These are ten-year yields for Germany, United Kingdom, Canada, and Australia, and everything's headed higher. Well, I mean, these are pretty important countries, I'd argue. And um, you know, I get asked a lot about JC. Where do you think the U.S. ten-year yield is going to go as we push up against the 2018 highs? Because the U.S. ten-year yield is below that. And I say, okay, well, let's look around the world, see what's happening out there, and they're all above the 2018 highs. Oh yeah, yeah, meaningfully. And they're not playing games. So if, if if global markets are any kind of indicators to what's going to happen here in the states, it's 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 hard for me to 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 bet against rising rates. And then what does that mean? JC, I don't trade bonds. I'm never going to trade a German Bund. Great, fine, don't. That's information because if interest rates are rising, what types of stocks do well in an environment that interest rates are rising? Is it growth stocks? Is it tech stocks? No. Is it semiconductors? No. It's cyclicals, right? And it's the value-oriented area. So I think for stock market investors, these charts are very important. The two-year is at a 15-year high. Next chart, John. Boom. This is the this is the chart of charts. Look at the look at this Frankenstein chart on the two-year. What is this? All of these really. The two-year yield. What is Frankenstein? It, it, this is not normal. You have inversions across the curve. No, just, just forget. I'm not, talking talking, I'm not even talking about the curve. Look at the two-year. Look at that. 
The two year yield is is three spot four two. The fucking thirty year is three spot two two. That's like as inverted as inversion goes. That is remarkable. And a lot of purists waiting for the tens in three months. And that's like the real thing. That's like they already rolled. They were the ones last ones holding up, but they right. already rolled a while ago. Right. Yeah, so that's yeah. like the Cam Harvey. That's like the real research. I think it's like nine out of nine times the when that month, inverts. The six month is three three eight. So the six uh, yeah. month is well above the long term yields as well. But y- yeah, you the yield curve's inverted. We know that. It's not anything. Well, it's been since April. Yeah. But now it's severe. Yeah, great. Uh, more, more highs for for yields today. Great. What does that mean? That we're going to go into a bear market? Great. We've been in one. But stocks are going out of the highs. Going out of the highs. I don't think it's a bear market signal. I think it's a it's an economic signal. It's more, and it's not even a signal. So a lot of people would argue it's actually causative. Just like th- just thinking rationally, if you're a bank. No, you're right. What you just said, ca- what, yeah, causally. Yeah. It's, right. It's, it's more than a signal. Why would you lend money out on, on a five year term if you're being paid more to not lend it out, or you're being paid more in one year? On yeah. the interest, like of course that would stop you in your tracks. No, but they're, but they're not. Loans. But they're not. But they're not. They're not the U.S. government. They they've got spreads. Right. No, Josh is right. You make a good point. But for me, it's less about the why. I know you know. I, I always say why. I don't really know why. I don't really care. Maybe I'm not smart <laughs> enough. For me, it's just very simple. The, the 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 bottom line is when we've seen the yield curve inverted in the past. Yeah, ultimately maybe we get a recession or not. But it's it's at that point the market's already been under pressure for a while, right? We've already seen some of that. So, is I'm not, that, so is that true? Yeah. Because didn't we have a yield curve inversion in 2019 at record highs for the S&P? We had it in 2019. It was in August of 19, I think we got okay, it. Okay, but the stock, 2019, the stock market went up 30%. Right, so it was a little bit leading in that case. Yeah, sure. Uh, now, you had COVID start uh, a few months later, yeah. which I don't think anybody was expecting, including the yield curve. Mm-hmm. That might just be one of those curiosities of history. Well, like, I remember being at a conference and being asked by a journalist, like on video, like, what do you think about the yield curve inverting? And I was like, well, we didn't just wake up this morning and the yield curve was inverting. You could see it like, flattening. you know, flattening yeah, for all year. Like it just happened that it, it inverted this morning, but like, it's, you know, you could see it. It's, like it's a, been, it's been in the works. Yeah. That's so that, okay. That's true. But the mo- stock market was not under pressure. During that inversion. No, no, it was not. Stock market was on fire. 20, yeah, because the dollar was weakening. But the tens minus the twos are haven't been this inverted since uh, since 2000. Yeah, I mean, look, the, and the longer of a period of time they stay inverted, the more obvious it is that it's like not look a— how deep it is. Yeah. It's deep. It's deep. It's like an untenable, like it can't continue that. For, forget about the depth of it. It can't continue that way. Unsustainable. Unsustainable. So what do you take away from this? I think that when you look at the rest of the world, you look at Canada, Aussie, right? They're all above their 2018 highs. So, like, if you're asking me what I think about the bond market, where I think rates are going to go, I think we'll follow. I'd be hard pressed to say not higher. What's a 20? Yeah. What's a 2018 year high for the 10 year? Is it three and a half? Three and change. Yeah, three. All right, 10, so for all intents right and purposes, we're there. So you think? Yeah. But you think 20 maybe think, something? You think rates peak? 325, I think it was actually. Rates peak, dollar rolls over, risk assets rally. That's, it's not that's so. The, the the stock market just wants the bond market to not go crazy, right? Which it is. Which it has been, right? Of course, right? And that's a problem. So as long as the bond market's not crashing, I think it's fine for stocks. It's it's as long as there's not crazy volatility in the bond market. Because we're talking about a hundred and twenty trillion dollar market. If it's having a heart attack, it's gonna infiltrate other asset classes. And more importantly, I know you don't care about this, but it affects like people's real lives, mortgage rates, everything. Well, this is yeah. this is the main this is the main point to me. This the the, the charts of the bonds are, are are the symptoms. The cause is there's no such thing as sustainable high inflation. Like 
you could have you could have like stable low inflation, which is I would argue is the environment that we were in for decade. ten years. Yeah. So you have low inflation and it's stable, and in that environment, like you can there's business continuity. You can plan projects. You can make investments. You can hire people. You can price goods for sale. You can like conduct business. There's nothing more important for confidence inflation, than stable prices. Inflation, inflation above five percent is not stable. It might be stable, like it, like in other words, if inflation falls from eight percent to five percent and then stays at five percent, it won't. That's not a win. That's chaos. That's chaos. Anywhere above five percent, and the longer it's above there, um, the more unstable it is. And you could make the same argument for deflation. There's no such thing as stable deflation. You can't have negative prices year after year. So we had a very stable situation. Now we have literal chaos in the real economy. Thank God jobs are plentiful. And that's the one thing everyone's hanging their hat on. They may not be if revenue continues to take a hit. And the reason it's taking a hit is all the uncertainty being caused by high inflation. So like for me, what we're looking at here with yields is not driving anything other than maybe the stock market and sentiment, this is being driven by the actual chaos in the economy. What do you think about that? I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about any of that stuff. Like for me, inflation and deflation and employment, all of those are implications of price movements that happen prior to any of those things, right? So I'll just focus on on the, the, the first one, right? On actual price that we can act on. And then all of those things will happen, right? Like you said, and you're right. But I'm focused on price. And in this particular instance, as a stock market investor, right? I'm not trading these credit spreads. I'm not trading the yield no. curve, right? I'm not an institution. So, you know, he talks about how this affects people's lives, 30-year mortgages, all that's great and everything. But again, those are the implications. I'm not really interested in that. I'm interested in what the institutions right. that are driving these prices are actually doing. And if the bond market is crashing and rates are ripping, and literally the bond market is crashing, that's going to impact the stock market oh, because yeah. they have positions over there that need to unwind because they're getting smoked in the bond market. By the way, same thing when the bond market is limit up. If the bond market is up, limit up and, and rates are crashing, that's also impacting the stock market. So it's more like a lack of volatility is what's going to be good for the stock market. It can Rates can go up. They just need to go up slowly. Yeah. Right. What's going on right now well, around the world is insane. The market is now closed, boys, and the Qs went positive on the day. We'll take it. Q's are positive, S&P up 30 basis points after being down 1% earlier. Hey, you got to start somewhere. September 1st, right? Higher low, higher right, low, let's higher go. low. <laughs> Starting off the new month strong. Higher low, let's go. <laughs> We're only down 2,000 Dow points in, in two weeks. Uh, all right, what do we got next? We have, these are the- Pieces the, of shit. These are the gold, the gold miners for boomers. Right? Oh terrible. my God, that's so great. Yeah. Verizon, AT&T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they used to be prized for their dividends and then they started doing web content, I guess. I don't know what's going on. I here. wonder what happened to their shareholder base. They've got to be blown out, right? Uh, T-Mobile is kicking their asses. Hold on, slow on. down. We're getting there. Right, We're right, getting sorry. there. Hold on. I haven't seen your charts yet. Uh, all right. You, all you, right. You, you, you know what's coming. Like you've done this a couple of times already. I like it. Yeah. I like it. We hung on too long. Um, go ahead. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Verizon and AT&T. Like, just look at those charts. It, no man's land. Mess. Huh. Horrible. They both pay- this is, Wait, this is 25 years yeah, of bro. Flat, flat stock prices. Granted, they pay 6% no, dividends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is price only. Yeah. Okay. They pay 6% dividends each. Well, they now, better. They better. Hold on. Go to the next one. Because T-Mobile doesn't pay any dividends. Bang. Bang. T-Mobile's up 800% in seven years. My since since right? they merged with Metro PCS. 
Uh, sprint. Uh, sprint. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sprint came later. Oh, okay, got it. Right. So, so they have been very aggressive on pricing and not worrying about paying a dividend. They, I'm not going to get off on the mental, obviously, uh, but my understanding is they do all of the, they got all the uh, prepaid plans. So I yes. guess like all the drug dealers and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's a good market to have. Uh, this is remarkable. Isn't it? This that, is total return, by the way. So AT&T is up, this is back to 14. AT&T is up 6%. T-Mobile is up 773%. That's May, incredible. May of 2013. The guy, uh, John Legere, who like orchestrated this, the guy who's always wearing pink, the CEO. <laughs> okay. No, he's the man though. I'm sure, yeah. He's the man. I once saw How him- How do you know he's always wearing pink? That's his shtick. He wears the magenta- uh, the brand color of oh, wow. every public appearance. Oh wow, that's hilarious! And honestly, this is a true story. I was at the polo, uh, the polo bar, um, on fifth. Where is that? Fifty seventh Street, the Ralph Lauren place. I went once with you. I don't yeah, remember. yeah. And I think he was eating dinner with John Paulson, and he was wearing the f-ing pink. The head, <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. Like like head to toe, he was wearing the magenta. And I don't know. That could be six. Next years chart. Ago, five years ago. What is this? Oh, this is all right. T-Mobile. Still bullish? It's going from the lower left to the upper right. What's there not to like? Yeah, that's incredible. You know? It's, it looks like the opposite of gold miners, right? Next. Hold on, hold on. No, it's a team. Who cares? What? What Five. do you mean who cares? Tell me how many stocks you can name off the top of your head at all-time highs right now. Fine. Go. Fair point, fair point, fair point. Dude, Mike's attention span is like No, uh, is I'm, like a I'm speaking on behalf of the audience. Nobody right. gives I'm a shit. I'm behalf of the audience. Do all-time highs. Hold Fine. on. Hold on. But just because it's there doesn't mean we're going to buy it. About a buck fifty. I'm the audience. I get it. All right, team over. You don't get it. What's the risk? You're not even paying attention. I'm not even kidding me. 150 United States dollars. <laughs> if we're not above that, leave it alone. Above that, we own it. Target of 225. That's a 50% trade right there. That's that's not nothing. That's all based on Fibonacci extensions. The pricing, the relative strength dude, has nothing to do dude, with Fibonacci. This is not going up 50%. If it is, I'll buy you something. Next. It's, it just <laughs> went up 50% like in, a, in two months. It just went up 50%. Next. All right. What are we looking at? Indian stocks? This is the nifty 50 making new all-time highs relative to the Dow Jones Industrial Why is this happening? Because they're buying stocks in India more aggressively than they're buying them in the United States. (laughs) No, it's like, that's it. That's it. Facts. No? Only. You're going to argue with that? Nope. Next. Hold on. But let's talk about this because not only is is India making new all-time highs relative to America, but just think about how shitty emerging markets have been. Yeah. Like so, when you put it in the emerging market, like Double wow! Winning. Did you Double see winning. what happened this week with the third richest man on earth? Did you see this? It's a, it's a, it's an Indian. Yeah, but who these, is the third richest man on earth these days? But hey, Jason, these stocks, like th- I'm going to tell you who it these is. These stocks still suck because it's not they're, me. They're pricing no, dollars. Can we hold on? EPI and INDA still suck. His name is Gotam Adani. He's a college dropout from India who just became the third richest person in the whole world. His net worth is $137 billion. Help his money's in dollars. No, that is him. He has one of the biggest publicly traded companies in the Indian stock market, and this thing has just gone— That's a reliance guy. This thing just went vertical. He just passed—he's uh, b- behind— Bezos is $153 billion. Musk is $251 billion. He's right behind Musk. He's ahead of Gates. He's ahead of Buffett because they've given away a lot. And uh, he just passed the guy from LVMH. Dude, you should see this guy's crib. It's like 30 oh, stories. Oh, you know what I'm so, talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like 30, 35 stories high, and like it's like a, a, a high rise. It's just his house. It's got like helicopter pads. Like it's, 
I think they made him stop. They didn't let him use the pads anymore. Something happened. I don't know, but it is sick. He, okay, and he's the Buffett cool of India. Too. He has a massive portfolio of companies in various industries, including ports, coal, and energy. His He added $60 billion to his fortune year to date. What's his morning routine? So I'm saying, but that's a big part of what we're looking at here. How many books does he read? <laughs> How many books does he read before breakfast? Yeah. Uh, he only became a billionaire in 2008. Uh, I feel like we're getting to the, we're getting to the bottom of the barrel. You have you have, you have no more trust. Hold on. So we, I'm just setting the stage, my friend. Are we going to so it's like, Okay, guys, I live in America. I don't live in India. So what does this have to do with me? Well, oh, that's a great tactic. <laughs> Killing it. Here's a nifty 50 making new all-time highs on a monthly closing basis. How many indexes can you name that are doing that? The answer is zero because Dude, there aren't any. nobody gives a shit. We can't invest in the nifty 50. We're U.S. investors. John, next chart. You're gonna, you have, do I have a currency hedge? Ooh. Make my trip. This is an ADR, $3.5 billion consumer discretionary. That's Pushing up against new highs. You know, you got a Kardashian bottom. Like, the whole thing is setting up right there. This is a travel stock in India? Consumer uh, discretion. MMYT. You had my curiosity. Make my trip. MMYT hasn't and broken out Baddick yet. And just got long. <laughs> <laughs> He's in. You just, all you had to do was show him a trade. Oh, this is so sloppy. I if can't, this thing can't breaks this. out, you buy it. You can't Let buy it. it. You can't keep buy it on this. the, keep it on the, you know, you want to buy relative strength in, in this Dude. market. You want to be looking at stocks that are, that don't is look like the other ones. Said, this, this is, is so sloppy. Wait, this is the only major stock market at an all-time high right now? If you price Japan in yen, it's also making new highs. Okay. <laughs> Which I often do. Yeah, uh, the, the DXJ. If you own the DXJ, you're doing great because it's pricing yeah. yen, right? All right. Next chart. Oh, right. wow. This, so this is, this is where I'm interested. So people are telling me that energy is overbought. Energy is overextended. We, we, we've seen the rally and all this stuff. I would argue it hasn't even started. Mm. Just Okay, just, I would argue that makes no sense. How about that? Well, he's taking it, back. He's taking it back to <laughs> 07 or... Yeah. 2001. Where were we were in summer of 2008? Where were you in the uh, summer of 2008? Not in a good place, my friend. You think if this if this breaks out, this this could have a whole like if it's just starting, this could have a whole bull run. Uh, nobody would believe. For that. people that aren't watching JC, how do I describe what he's doing right now? He's doing like a shrug, but it's like a combination shrug. <laughs> kiss my ass. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like it. As, uh, as Americans, as investors, as humans, forget as investors, just as humans, to, to go to work every day, to wake up every day thinking that oil at 250 is out of the question and oh no, not I, on the I table, agree. I think it's a problem. I think uh, energy is 4% of the S&P 500. It's 0% of the NASDAQ 100. Yeah. Uh, investors are not in energy. Yeah. Mm -mm. I would actually take it a step further. Put oil aside. Natural gas would be a bigger driver if you look at the stocks yeah. that make up the energy indexes. Actually, a bull market of natural gas would be even more impactful, and nobody's invested in that. You know who's invested in that? Buffett. Like, like uh, Oklahoma uh, uh, Thunder fans. You know how happy it makes Oklahoma me that you're actualing me about natural gas? No, I'm with like, you. I'm with you. We're on the same page. Remember you? we would argue about the oil-natural gas ratio? Yeah. <laughs> uh that's going to be the story this this fall. Okay. Natural gas. So energy as a sector hasn't broken out. Next chart. Now, when you break down to the industry groups, we're still nowhere near those former highs. And we're still below the 2016, 2017, 2018 highs. So the explorers and producers haven't broken out. And, and John, next chart. Those have been dogs. This, too, this is the worst. Oil services is below the lows from these 02. Schlumberger, Halliburton. Halliburton, Schlumberger, exactly. Yep. They're, so Baker Hughes, just terrible. They give you all the downside of oil, 
and like a third of the upside. Just terrible. Yeah. But we've seen some outperformance for similar reasons that we've seen the worst growth stocks bounce the most, Ox right? Ox is the best stock in the S&P this year Dude, by a lot. So Ber Berkshire Hathaway has now bought half of this company. No. They bought 29% of the company, but the SEC now allows them to buy up to 50%. They got permission. They to got go permission up to, okay, to go got up it. to 50. Yep. So Uncle Warren's been buying. JC's been buying. <laughs> you know, we're in. I'm actually in the Warrens personally myself. Uh, Uncle Warren's in both the Common and the Warrens. How house. much is the stock up this year? A lot. Is it the best stock in the S&P? I mean, it's a seven-bagger off the lows. Oh, my God. And the Warrens, forget about it. The Warrens don't expire to 27, I think. 28, maybe? Maybe 29? Something like that. Not for a while. So I own the IEO, which owns this, but I don't own any of these producer names individually. Yeah. But this is the one everyone's trading, and Devin, Devin Energy is the other one. Uncle Carl was in there cleaning everything up, and then yeah. he sold his shares to Warren, which is nice because Warren's like, yo, if Carl's been in there cleaning shit up, how bad could it be? So then, you know, they have different objectives. So Carl's like, my work here is done, right? Like, I can't, I can't, they're good. So then Warren the, steps in. This is a huge bet, though, that Berkshire is making on one natural gas, on one oil, Two, oil and gas. Two, next chart. And Chevron. And Chevron. Yeah. And JC's been buying Chevron, too. Clean, clean out. If we're above 135, you stay long. You know, I think it goes to 300. Yeah. I and think you got a long way to go. And this, you got buybacks, you got dividends. They've been paying got... dividends for, check my math, I think 35 years. They pay 3.6% currently. Yeah. And they've been raising their, it, even when oil crashed, every year they kept raising their dividends. Just think yeah, about it's that. It's an aristocrat. It's a dividend aristocrat. It's a dividend yeah, aristocrat. Yeah, we have any, uh, any. Uh, the, any... A, a lot of these oil and gas stocks stopped raising their dividends yeah, and, then start, and then started again, yeah. right? They never stopped. We have any tech stocks coming up? Um, Michael wants to lose some money this summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All Let's right. see. So that's so that's Chevron. So here you go. You can oh, argue this is tech. This is hot. Wow. So come on. Solar. Look, I mean, yeah, this but you is... Can't, you can't own this name. Look how volatile that is. Ton of insider buying. Um, I would say that you can own the name, and if you did, your money doubled in the last two months. So I think you can it's own so it. so volatile. Yeah, all right. Would, would you wait for the next retest of this seventy dollar? Uh, I guess support now. I think you got it. Or would you know, you buy it? I think you got it. I mean, listen, you had a great entry against seventy. All that former resistance. People that tell you technical analysis is voodoo. Here's a, you know example number. You're probably right, JC. I can't buy this. It's too volatile. Yeah, that's okay. Don't buy it. Yeah. You know, you don't have to buy it. Um, but I think just bigger picture. Look at solar. You got a ton of insider buying coming here. If you're gonna buy semis, I think you're better off in solar because they're basically semiconductors. Um, so I would be looking to buy pullbacks in, in this. The relative strength is out of control. New 10-year high? How many and, stocks do you know making 10-year highs? And the, the headline risk is all in your favor. Like, the worst headlines you're going to read this fall are going to be about electricity rationing in France and Germany, industrial production halted because they can't, literally can't fire the plants, or they're going to prioritize heating homes rather than making bullshit and – all of that directionally, like all that headline volatility is in your favor in the solar stocks. Like it's just, it's going to be like every day, another great headline for those names. And there's so. a bunch of names. I just used this one example, but look at TAN. And Phase Energy. T-A-N. Yeah. And Phase uh, is, is obviously the best stock in the world, I think, you yeah. know, depending on how you, you know. But yeah, uh, uh, solar is making new highs on a relative basis. Like, you know, in a, in a, in a market environment that stocks are under pressure, you want to look and see which stocks are not under pressure. That's why I showed you freaking India. That's why I showed you T-Mobile. That's why I showed you for right. solar. They don't look like the other ones. And solar is not an oil uh, proxy. It's specific to electricity 
and the need to build more electricity but infrastructure. Is, I'm not Mr. Fundamental, but is oil going up and natural gas going up a bad thing for solar? No. Right. No, but right. But it's like a separate way of putting on the same trade. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. What else we got? Had to go there. Dude, I don't believe this market cap was ever $3 trillion. Crypto. All right. Well, there's. I think there was a lot of leverage that we really hadn't considered. As opposed to the leverage in the stock market? Fine. Or bond market? Fine. But I think crypto is inherently built on leverage. All right. And there was probably not $3 trillion actual U.S. dollars ever invested in any of this shit. All right. Is that, that's not controversial to you. I don't think it's controversial. I would just say it's not anything new. How is it different than the stock market? Uh, I don't know. It's extremely different than the stock market. I don't think it is at all. Okay. Say more. <laughs> Say more. Tell, why, why is it not different? Well, first of all, I, I'm, and I'm, second of all, I'm with yeah. Howard Lindzen on the fact that these are just more growth stocks, probably more specifically yeah, okay. software stocks. So they're securities? I am not qualified, nor do I give a shit whether they are, whether they're not. Actually, right. I do because I actually borrowed against the portfolio, and I'm not allowed to buy securities uh, yeah. on my portfolio loan. So I, right. bought, I bought a crypto punk instead. You know. <laughs> okay, as long as you're staying whisk off. All right. So what do we? Hold on. So hold on. Go back yeah, quickly. This, that looks so good. you know, for me, I think it's important. Just if you're a crypto bull, or maybe you're interested in investing in crypto or whatever, like if you have any at all interest in the subject, I think that it's vital for crypto in general to stay above the prior cycle's highs. Bitcoin above those late 2017 highs. Ethereum needs to quickly get above those 2017 highs. We're looking at this in market cap terms, though. As opposed to what? I don't know. Price? Price Price in dollars? Price is market cap. Uh, like okay. T-Mobile's 177 billion in market cap. So this Verizon's is, 172. So this is, it's the same thing. So this is showing that, uh, what exactly is this showing? It shows that we are still above the prior cycle's highs which Bitcoin is doing it's also. total crypto market cap. Right. And then it, Bitcoin itself looks exactly like this too, by the way. Yeah. So, and it's also above the prior cycle's high. So Ethereum needs to do that quickly. What percentage of total crypto market cap is Bitcoin? Is it 60%? 40, uh, it's 40%. That's it? Mm -hmm. Okay. I would have thought more. Would uh, you have thought more? Bitcoin is 40%, Ethereum's 20%, and the rest is 40. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Yep. Um, so it needs to stay this above those levels. Good. So this is hot. You this like is this one? Flipping. Yeah. This is this is Ethereum, uh, Ethereum versus Bit Bitcoin yep. in like a ratio. Ethereum chart. looks way better. Way, Ethereum is way stronger. This is than Bitcoin. about to, this is about to break out. Ethereum's way stronger. I than mean, Bitcoin. you know, like you know, I I'm not one of these like you know the, people are very emotional about these you know Ethereum maxis, Bitcoin. I mean, they're crazy. Like I'm not one of those. You guys know I don't give a shit. When I get asked, what do you think about the flipping? Well. It looks better. I'm not going to bet against the flipping. Like, you know, you look at a chart like this. I've seen a million of these in the past. The but, the, no, right? yeah, but the flipping is a long way away. Uh, we're yeah, halfway this there. Not, this is price, it's not long, market it's cap. Long, we're halfway there. It's a long way away. We're, we need, Ethereum needs to double relative to Bitcoin. Good. Remember? Yes. Uh, wait, do you remember um, Bitcoin is gold, Ethereum is silver? Do you yeah. remember that? Was yeah. that a thing? No, I, I, that, that was, was like a, a thing. thing that an idiot tweeted. I once. think it's more like it, um, if I had to pick one of those things, I think it's gold is. I'm uh, sorry, Bitcoin is gold. Ethereum is the internet. Right. Uh, I think makes more sense. Than, wait, wait, Ethereum is gold. Digital gold. No, Bitcoin, no, Bitcoin is digital, is digital no, that, gold. That, that Ethereum is the internet because you're Ethereum you're building the, yes. on it. Yes. You can't build on Bitcoin. Okay. Bitcoin right. is literally just a means of exchange. Okay. What else we got? So I think that I think if we I think. Of, you know, the path of least resistance is higher. I don't have this trade on. I own Ethereum and I own things. Wait, hold on. Price in Ethereum. Ethereum relative to Bitcoin, the path of least resistance is higher. 
I think yes. so. Okay. I wouldn't bet against that. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't bet against that. I mean, I'm I'm literally not betting against that. At least not not, not right now. I I'm see a, no reason I'm a, to. I'm a big ETH guy. Are you? Only because I don't know anything about technology. Only because I like the idea that something that has productive value is worth something that's just some, that like a, a store a store of value. But but doesn't that in and of itself add value to the community to have that store of value? Not if it's as volatile as it is. No, there's no value at all. If 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 something can go from being worth seventy thousand to nineteen thousand in six months, it's not a store of value. So it's failing. Bitcoin is failing. As no, what but you're thinking about a long-term store of value. I'm specifically talking about a store of value. It could be for five seconds. I can transfer. That's some, what USDC is for. No, I store of value is that. No, hold on. That exists. Store of value okay, is a, store of value is a dumb term in general. Yeah. But what if people say, no, 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 I'm storing my money in, in Bitcoin. I don't think it's a dumb. I, I, That's listen, dumb. I think my house, my house, I own my house. I think I'm not looking for monster appreciation. It's just a store of value. Yeah, that's your question. Would you? You, there's a house you love in Miami, right? Where do you like it? Star Island? Where, what's the dream? What's the dream in Miami? Uh, Coco Plum. Okay. There's a, the, the house that you love, the buy of a century, but you need a six-month bridge. You have to get out of your current house right now to sell it, and then you need six months just to hold that money somewhere. Yeah. Crypto is erroneous. Not, erroneous. Crypto is yeah. not erroneous. Be place what does that have to do with anything? Yeah. Terrible story. Well, that yeah. is Terrible store story. of value is a place yeah. that you could store value. Yeah. You, How is that erroneous? Let me tell you. Six months. Yes. Well, the, do words have no meaning? They, Those words have no meaning. Does store of value not have to actually no. mean store of value. No, you put them in three month bonds. Whatever. That's not what we're talking about. Well, and, and it's obvious that you think the way you think. A, a Jewish white male from Long Island is how you're thinking right now. That's right. So hold on. By the way, it's so, not a store of value is dumb. Hold on. Hold on. Store of value. Stop. Store of value. Stop. Pretend for two it's seconds. Seventy for what two seconds. Store. Pretend for two seconds. You are a, not a white Jewish male from Long Island, and you are perhaps uh, an African from the Bronx making money in America and needs to send that money to your family in Nigeria. USDC. And you're doing that on Stable a weekly coin. basis. Stable coin. Don't need Bitcoin. Okay, fine. Stable coin. All right. Upload. Upload. Listen, I'm with your example. I'm just telling you what's happening. All right. I'm, I'm not rich, telling you whether rich, it's right or wrong. I'm a rich businessman. G give me a good story. I'm a rich businessman <laughs> from Venezuela. Okay? okay. Irresistible to women. <laughs> I have money in banks in Miami. So far, this is like a true story. Yeah. That you know. Sounds, okay. Yeah. Okay. Why the f would I store money in Bitcoin, even if I couldn't have access to those banks? If somebody said. You can no longer move money out of Venezuela into the United States into a bank in Miami, but I still have access to a crypto account, USDC. Great. Now I'm priced in dollars. Yeah. I have the stability. I don't have to wake up every day and be like, oh, I hope Pomp is bullish on Bitcoin this week or else all the value I've accumulated throughout my life could be up in smoke. I don't have any of those concerns. So basically the only store of value still is the dollar or the yen and- a digital version is pretty damn cool, especially if I'm locked out of a traditional banking system. Yeah. That's a store of value. Store of value right. is just, it's a dumb so, term. Bitcoin right. is not a store of value. Okay, but you're talking about your perspective, and I get that. And no, I probably, I'm talking hold on. about math. Hold on. I agree with everything you're saying, I by the way. I agree with we're, everyone. It's oh, not a store of value. We're agreeing. It's not a store of value. Well, this no has sense. nothing to do with you or me. What is actually happening is <laughs> that they are, Bitcoin is being used. Do the stable More coins, than ever. Do do the stable coins uh, get put into that calculation of uh, crypto market cap or are they considered something different? No. They're not in there. No. Okay. All right. Interesting. Okay. All right. We're back on track. 
chart back on. No, that's it. You oh, know? Okay. Yeah, no. So I wanted to talk about the flipping. I, I, I got a few charts. I got a few charts of my own. All right, let's see the charts. I just have a few. Just have a few. All right, all right, let's see. I just want to talk about some gaffles that we've been saying. And we're going to get rapid. Wait, are you putting this Apple chart up? Yeah. All right, go. I just want to talk about some gap fills. Um, we had really good earnings for a lot of these tech stocks. Amazon had a massive gap up after earnings that got filled. We'll just go through this quickly and then we'll talk about them. Next chart. Uh, Apple, same thing. Triple top. Filled the gap. Um, and I think it closed green today. Chart next. Wait, can we, can we stay well, there? Hold on, we're almost done. All right. Walmart, same deal. And then lastly, Disney. That's, so, that's a gross gap fill in Disney. Gaps got filled, and now we're off to the races. We go back to Apple, John. We're good? I uh, mean, I think I think that all of those charts you presented present nice risk rewards. Like, if you want to be long against those lows, if you want to put on a risk reversal. What do you think like, of this? Sell naked puts. What do, you think of, what do you think of Apple? Struggled at 179, then struggled at 175, just now struggled at uh, or 172. Like, it's that it seems to be... Uh, it seems to have lower highs on each of these big, and these are big rallies. But it's making new relative highs all time. That's true. Relative to the S&P. That's true. Still. Um, is that enough? Is what enough? Is it enough to be overweight a stock because it's making highs relative to the S&P? Is that, is that good enough? Um, no, it's not good enough. Um, okay. I think that Apple is, if, if that, if we are now entering year three of a bull market after that consolidation, if that's in fact the case, I would argue Apple's probably going to underperform in that environment. Technology is probably going to underperform in that environment. Interest rates are going up. I think the outperformance is going to come out of industrials, energy, um, some of the materials, you know, ex gold miners and all that stuff, you know, some of the chemicals I would be looking there. Um, not like so much be, Apple. Like this could be dead money in a rally. People forget that. Yeah. It's huge. So it would be unlikely for it to go down, but it could also do nothing. Or it's underperform, like go up, go up slower, uh, underperform. I think that would be perfectly normal. I think that could definitely happen. Yeah. Uh, you have any more charts? Oh, we're done. It's enough. <laughs> so yes, your point. I, I, I like what you did there. You had, you had, uh, sort of gaps that were filled on this right now and, no, not all gaps need to be filled, but in this case, when these 60% gaps- 60% of the time, are, works every time. Yeah, right. You know, they're filling their gaps. It, you have key levels to trade off of. If you want to trade against those lows, that makes a lot of sense to me. If you want to sell naked puts against those lows, that makes sense to me. If you want to put on a risk reversal, that makes sense. If you take out those lows, all those bets are off. You unwind the trades immediately. I agree. That's risk, not reward, the case. risk reward is definitely good to the long side. All these stocks close green today after- Opening down very, very much yeah, lower. Hammers, yeah. hanging, you know, hanging men would be a bullish. This would be like a hammer, hammer because the Japanese hammer. say they're hammering at yeah. the bottom. I like it. There's also a lot of people that will have to chase a rally in like week three because just positioning is still not great. Like for, you know, not set up for that. Year three. You mean. No, no, no. Like if we get a sustainable rally here and it continues, yeah. there'll be a lot of people that have to come in later, higher. JC, do we want to talk about that breath thrust thing you did, or, do, or are we done? We can talk about breath thrust. Yeah, hell yeah. So Josh and I were having a debate. It wasn't a debate, but there's this guy, quantifiable, edge quantifiable trader, that did this thing showing that less than 15% of S&P 500 stocks were above their 50-day moving average. That went to 90% in a 50-day window. Obviously, that's that means you're washed out, super breath thrust, super bullish, right? Okay. But then... We had uh, S&P hit a 50-day low in like 20 sessions, something like that. So it was a breadth thrust and then a sharp retracement. And there's not a ton of that in history, but typically that's pretty bullish. Do you have any thoughts? 
So on the breath thrust and the validation. So for me, it's less about the specific breath thrust, like in this case, 50 day, know, whatever, 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 you know, you have the Marty's Y yeah. breath thrust, you have the new highs list expanding, all of those things. For me, it's less about whether it's what specific thrust, momentum thrusts, what specifically happened and more so, are you getting a bunch of them or not? And when you do get a bunch of them, those are second inning indicators. Those are top of the third, bottom of the second. You know, they're not going to be pre-bull market, right? Obviously, Obviously mathematically, yeah. right? Pre-bull market, you get washout sentiment levels, washout breath levels. And we levels. had all those. You had all of those, yeah. right? So those are the things you tend to see before the market bottoms. We did see those. So if the market bottomed, you had the stuff you see before, you have the stuff you see in the second inning. So if we're going to go on to the third and fourth and fifth innings, which is where the sector rotation comes in, further breath expansion, right? You're not getting new 52-week highs expanding because we're so far from new 52-week highs. You're getting spikes in 21-day highs, spikes in 63-day highs that we haven't seen in a year and, and a half. to your earlier point, first they have to stop going down. Right. Um, I would argue they haven't stopped going down yet. Which ones? Because you could probably name yeah. them on one, on one hand. Yeah, but it's they're rolling again. It's tough. Well, almost none of them are making new lows. So uh, this right, none no. of them are. No, we're 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 way off those lows from from. Oh, the you end. know what we haven't spoken about now. There's much to say, but these pieces of junk, the the cruise lines, like Carnival is right at the lows. Carnival looks like, Carnival looks like Facebook for whatever reason. Who goes on a cruise? No, nobody. Ugh, you must be kidding. Could you imagine? No. Ugh, I would. I can't. Where are you going on a cruise? I've never been. I can't do it. Don't do a cruise. Don't do pick it. a place and go there. Yeah, it's not, it's not for me. Yeah. Uh, last thing, this lawsuit against Michael Saylor, what, what is this about? I mean, obviously, they're saying that he lives in D.C. but doesn't pay taxes there. And they seem to, like, have wanted to do this in a very public way. Do you think, like, they were trying to communicate with him privately and he was just blowing them off? Because he is kind of like a crypto libertarian. So the D.C. attorney general tweeted, Today, we're suing Michael Saylor, a billionaire tech executive who has lived in the district for more than a decade but has never paid any D.C. income taxes for tax fraud. We're also suing his company, MicroStrategy, for conspiring to help him evade taxes he legally owns owes on hundreds of millions of dollars he's earned while living in D.C. So are they— That's wild. Is the Bitcoin part of the— Is the Bitcoin part of the tax evasion? Or it's just like a coincidence I don't, I don't, that— I don't think so. Well, they're suing MicroStrategy. But I don't think— What does I, MicroStrategy do besides uh, buy I, Bitcoin? I don't know that— I think that he's buying— He's a libertarian guy. I don't think he likes paying taxes. I think they're a software stock. I don't know what— I don't know what that has to do with Bitcoin. Well— Like 200 million of it is software. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have, like this, they have like this underlying software business that is not the reason why anyone's trading the stock anymore. Most of this is Bitcoin. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's— uh, I feel like it's weird that— the guy that's like the biggest proponent of Bitcoin. It's not paying taxes. That's not weird at all. <laughs> I guess it's not. No, that they're trying to make such a public example of him. Like I would imagine there are tax can cases you think, all can, the time. Can you think Most of them aren't tweeted by an attorney general. Well, think of something less probably, surprising. They're probably like no coiners, you know, and they're just a little zell of the coiners. Or this is like such a huge dollar amount that they can really make an example out of somebody that's like a flat, like flouting uh, the law. I don't know. So anyway, did he respond? I don't know. Did, did you see how they figured out that he was there long periods of time, despite claiming to not live there? Chipotle receipts. He has multiple yachts uh, docked in Georgetown uh, throughout the year, and multiple. You know, I have that problem all the time. time. Wait, what does that prove? That's they're saying they're using that as part of their argument that they know he's there more than he's saying he is. So he's saying he's there less than six months, 
Yep. Therefore, she does not owe DC. What jurisdiction is he paying taxes to? Uh, maybe a Florida. Would you or call, no what taxes? if he takes the yacht out and sleeps in the yacht on the ocean? He's not in DC. Would you call Apple a store value? Dude, they don't screw around with that stuff. Pretending you live in one state. Yeah. They really don't screw around with that stuff. Like all these people that are like, oh, I'm going to get a second residence in Florida. What do I, what do I want to pay the taxes for? It's like, dude, you better like move your utility bills there and like really set that up. You can't just own an apartment, not live there and say that you live in Florida. They right. don't, they do not screw around with that, th- that sort of thing. New York State does not. New York State's watching its tax base flee the state as it is. Store value is a dumb term. That's my final. That's my final. Uh, All right, so you're with me thought. then. It's just a dumb term. I'm 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 bullish on no, Bitcoin like long term, but I would never. No, no, but you. I would like never saying, say it's a store value. But it you're is saying erroneous. St- it is. It, it's not erroneous. I'm saying, literally, by definition. Something I with agree. this level of volatility. I agree. Unless I words agree. have no meaning at all. I do agree. It is a it's, store of value. It no, is not, not the store of value. Poorly it's functioning store, store of value. value. Fine. It's a, it's, a, it's a speculative asset Fine. Like, like everything else. It's a store of value that is too volatile for Josh. Great. No, it's a speculative oh, asset. Dude, come on. Fine. Be, yeah. It's not a store of value. If we're saying something's a store of value, there has to be like an upside it's limit. It's a reason. T-Mobile is T-Mobile store of value? No, because there's an underlying business. Just like- what? Any stocks. Bitcoin's not a no, business. No, no, no. What do you mean? Come on. My point is there's nothing to it. It's like gold. It doesn't do anything. It's just a rock. Bitcoin doesn't do anything. It's just a digital coin. Like doesn't you can't do anything. You can't build anything. It's literally just a store but of that value. That doesn't make something a store of value. I don't do anything. My I'm point like a is, rock. My point Am is, I a store of value? My point is all of these things are store of That's all that it is. It doesn't it doesn't do anything else. That's my point. How about this? If you if you want to call it doesn't it, do anything else. If you say I'm investing in Bitcoin because it's a store of value, fine. Say whatever you want. But don't tell me this it's has a store of value. nothing to do dude, with investing. Dude, I Take a, has, hold on. Wait, what? To do with hold, investing. what are we hold talking on. about here? Hold on. I feel hold, like this show's over. Hold this on. Show's over. I, I wade knee deep into a river. I pick up a gigantic rock. I say, JC, this doesn't do anything. It's not a business. It doesn't, it doesn't move. It doesn't have cash flow. Right. It's a store of value. Right. You're like, yeah, you're right. Probably is. Well, if it's a diamond, then yes. <laughs> no, it depends it's not on the a rock. diamond. It's a friggin' stone. Okay, but nobody else cares about that stone unless it's a diamond. And in which case, the diamond is a store of value. It doesn't do anything. This it's is not so a dumb. company. Let's do something. So it's Duncan, wrap it up. Duncan, wrap it up. We've been having way dumber conversations I mean, for a dumb. long time. Okay, the dumb. diamond does something. This Can is we very all? Dumb. all right, favorites. Favorites, and then we're going for dinner. Oh, wait a minute. We spoke about this briefly. You said you're like involved in industry. What episode are you on? I think I'm I'm on season one, episode oh, seven. What? No, I'm not in as far as you. Oh, I thought well, it's only se- been two seasons. I thought right? you were on season two. What are you no. talking about? Oh, industry. You watch the show. It's good. It's good. What's it's it about? It's like a British investment bank. I think it's supposed to be Barclays, and it's first. It's first year investment bankers. But it's like kids like getting their first job yeah. there. Yeah. And then the adults who supervise them. And it's super, a, it's super graphic and yeah, it's drugs like, and it's sex. In, it's HBO. And, it's intense. Yeah. yeah. But you, right. it's a lot. You'd be into it. It's a All lot. Right. There's it's a little a, bit of trading. There's a little bit of marketing stuff. All right. It's good. Uh, they're going for like realism. It's not like jokey, you know, plots like zany, you know, trading. No, it's real. It's plots. real. It's, it's good. All right. Uh, favorites. Michael, you go first. What do you got? Well, you go first. Okay. Um, speak of Meb Faber. He did this really great podcast episode with Rob Arnott and Cam Harvey, specifically about the yield curve. And they, Cam Harvey's like the godfather of the yield curve indicator. So he's basically like the first person in the 1980s to identify that pattern in the yield curve and what happens after. And there had been four recessions caused by it up until then. Obviously, it's 30-something years later, and there have now been nine or 10. And they have a really great debate about 
how it's being looked at, how it's being abused in the media, et cetera. Uh, and Meb does a great job. And Meb will be at Future Proof. Mm-hmm. Uh, so shout out to Meb. Also, I'm sure you heard uh, the new DJ Khaled. I saw a little bit of it. I haven't seen the whole All thing. Right. I won't ruin it for you, but uh, the Jay-Z appearance on track two is probably going to go down in history as one of like the most legendary All things right. he's ever done. I saw so, it on the Spotify. I got to check it out. They got Jay-Z, Rick Ross. Nice. And... Uh, uh, on one track, and Jay-Z just goes crazy. And uh, the whole record's good. So highly recommend God Did by DJ Khaled. If you've been living under a rock, you haven't seen this, but it's uh, it's one of the – I think it's better than anything Khaled's put out in years. So anyway, all right. That's what uh, I got. What do you got? What are you watching? Anything good? Football season starting this weekend. Nothing gets me more I'm, stoked. Yeah. You know, historically speaking. Wait, you, you mean know, college football? Yeah. The best kind of football is college football. You like, you like college weekend. football more than you like the NFL? Obviously. Or you are you guys? He's a Canes fan. Yeah, yeah, only people in the Northeast don't get that. The rest of the country knows Also, that your pro team has been the Dolphins all yeah. these years. So Yeah, but even if it was, it doesn't matter who my pro team was. In the that's Northeast, true. people just don't that's care true. about college that's football. So the no rest team, of the country no does. We have no teams here. We have no teams here. We have, we have... No, if I you, get yeah, why. Yeah. If you lived in Green Bay, though, you wouldn't be going crazy over Badgers football. You'd be a Packers what fan. What do you mean? Unless no, I went to Wisconsin, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what are you talking about? All right, all right. Of course. Are you kidding me? We'll give it to you. Come on. Yeah, so football season. So the Miami Hurricanes got the best quarterback in the country from Connecticut. Mm. And we've got – and the Miami Dolphins. We have a quarterback for the Hurricanes, Van Dyke, and uh, for the Dolphins. We have a quarterback. And the Dolphins and the Hurricanes, we're not used to having good quarterbacks. Mm. And now both teams do. Right? So I'm pretty stoked about that. What's what's Dolphins' record going to be this year? 5 and uh, 12. 12 and 5. 12 and 5. 5 and 12. Five and twelve. Is that based on actually their... no, no, they're gonna be better. Twelve. And... I don't know what their schedule looks like. By the way, uh, Tua is, is three and zero against Belichick, FYI, and um, he's the most accurate passer in the NFL. Stop, cut his mic. And we have, stop. and we've got the stop. weapons. Stop. As long as the awesome most you know accurate where, line, you know Tua is really he's got unpopular. A noodle, he has a noodle on. What are you talking about? Nobody drafts this guy. We do not for, have. Uh, he's fantasy. very good at throwing seven yard crossing. Yeah. People still t- play fantasy. Is that oh, still yeah. a thing? Nobody will draft this guy on a fantasy team. Who Tua? Yeah. Okay, don't. No, I'm just saying. Doesn't matter. It he's going to throw like much, five yard slants to the wide receivers that are going to run for eighty, and he's going to get all eighty yards. So you know, for, you know, there's so. two good documentaries on, Bet against that on Netflix. On, wait, is one of them on HBO? One is on Tim Donahue. I haven't finished it on the ref that was yeah, like sure. f- shit up in the NBA, just yeah, yeah, yeah. totally throwing games. And the other one they did one on N one. Remember that? Remember what N one? The the remix t- like the street tapes. Of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I saw that one. That was um, great. I don't know whatever happened. I remember everyone just like disappeared or it just like died. I, I don't know what if it just ran its course. But I think they started making clothes. And they did shoes. no. I, bought, I I wore the sneakers. They sucked. But They're, it got right. It got like it got like shitty. No, because after like four seasons, it's like all right, we got it. Same stuff over. No, but the other guy. thing that happened with that that always happens with everything, when it was like uh, when it was like a something that was cool and you had to like kind of you had to kind of like be in the community that it was coming out of, and that gave it cachet. And then when it was like shitty twelve dollars sweatpants at every like mall in America, it loses the cool factor. Oh yeah, and they were definitely really they were definitely it. like uh, they milked it. They were like TJ Maxx twelve dollars shorts. Because it started out as like underground VHS tapes yeah. being yeah. exchanged. Yeah. And this of, before like, YouTube. The illest. It was before YouTube. Dribblers, Remember Ray for Austin? Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, and that was hot sauce. Yeah, all those guys. Right, there was no YouTube, and these are clips that are, it's the equivalent of going viral. It was in very the VHS cool. Mm-hmm. It was very cool. Yeah, it was yep. very cool. But then they milked, they cashed in, and they made it corny. And then 
you know, these things run right, the course. course. Great hold, doc, though. Hold on. So one more. Uh, Mickey Mantle rookie card just went for $12 million, the original NFT. Making moves. Mm. That was like Did by that go to a single buyer. Yeah, that was by far the biggest uh, sale. I thought the previous Honus Wagner went for like nine or something. Yeah, this was more than the Honus Wagner like by a lot. Yeah. Do we know who bought or sold it? Probably. We know. No, we, you know the seller. The seller owned it since like nineteen eighty. He owned. He bought it for fifty grand, maybe nineteen ninety. Wow. Oh my god. Oh wait, did I make that up? Was it King Griffin that bought um, it? No. He wouldn't Stop dare. Stop, Duncan. <laughs> Stop stirring up trouble. I like that, Duncan. I like Duncan stepping in there. I saw that's funny. But the bidder is, it's like a silent bidder. Yeah, yeah. He bought a 1990, I was right. He bought a 1991 for $50,000. It's uh, Anthony Giordano, a waste management businessman from New Jersey. Anthony Giordano bought the, for 12 million bucks? He was, the waste management. No, he was a seller. He bought it in 1991 uh, for 50 grand. Okay. All right. Uh... I'm waiting to see like one of these DAOs buy a card for like crazy money, like one of these groups of people. Yeah, I like. I feel like that's what's going to come next. Yeah, like a rally road. And what's anonymous yeah. buyer? Anonymous buyer. So it could be King Griffin. All right. I'm hey, did you, did you have fun? Always, always. I'm ready to eat. Yeah, I was hungry. Hungry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you How many? We have a lot of bleeps to do. Yeah. Oh, let me see this. Throw this. Here's How many f- are you allowed to have in one episode? Well, you just took our last one. All right. <laughs> Listen up. That is awesome. New in the new in the merch store, the compound store, idonshop.com. You guys asked for this. You guys a bit you got that is, Wow. That is a really, look at that. That's a good one. Chart on, John. Look at this. Wow. That's yeah. really, really nice. Good. So for those of you who have seen heard Michael or Ben or me or any of our guests say chart on. Finally, we did the shirt for you guys. This is this is available now? It is. And it's look at this material. It's like premium. We, we, so this is the premium T-shirt. We didn't screw around with this one. Really nice design, and uh, I think uh, I think this is going to be a big. We have, any, we have any fun reviews right, here? Do I get one? That's yours. Hell yeah! It's the wrong size. I'll get you the right size. What is that? I wear I wear extra small. This is double XL. It's too big. <laughs> too big? Yeah. Okay. Are you sure? Double XL? <laughs> I'll be swimming in that shit. Are you uh, sure? All right. We'll get you an XL. Order JC and XL. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening this week. We love you. We miss you when we're not here. We're going to be back next Tuesday after Labor Day. So everyone have a great weekend. Enjoy the holiday. Enjoy the end of summer. Thanks to JC. Check out allstarcharts.com. And remember, remember, idonshop.com for the latest in financial blogger fashion. and app- What is that? It's me yelling at JC. Oh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. All right. Good night, guys. Thank you.